podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I hope you'll know it'll mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never said that. Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, nutters, messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 471st edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Andy Patterson and Matty DiGiallonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of April. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Only one place to start this evening. Over 94,000 people there in Wembley Stadium. Frank Warren putting on a cracking show. It was never in doubt, was it? Dillian White's taken enough punishment already this weekend, Andy. But we might as well pile it on a little bit more. It was a passive, insipid performance. It lacked any urgency. But it spoke of a man to me who'd met his superior. We knew from very early on he was barely second best in a two-horse race, that he was fighting a champion on top of his game. He couldn't do anything to turn the tide. In the end, getting stopped in round six was a mercy for White. Yeah, it was, mate. I mean, I'd, I'd actually set up my, my, my phone for scoring the fight. I, I gave up after four rounds. It was it was just getting ridiculous, I felt. Um White obviously he gave it a bit of different different look, obviously turning southpaw first round. Did okay first minute, I suppose. Landed a couple of shots, mainly jabs. He, he then overreached where uh, plus about a lead left come left hook that he tried to throw. He obviously it, it then messed up his balance of his feet. But ultimately, um it was to me at least, you know, considering Fury's dominance and I expected I expected the fight to go a wee bit longer to be honest with you. I thought it was be by a I thought it was a bit of a poor fight to be honest with you. I just thought White, for all intents and purposes, just practically the, just turned up, really. That was it. You know, 40, he wanted 45%. You know, uh, I'm not wanting to say here that people, you know, you, you know, people should be getting paid, but it was just it was just listless, as you say. He had a couple of wee bits of success to the body, as I mentioned, a couple of left hooks, but ultimately Fury just was the total boss. Just total boss. Um, beautiful uppercut, of course, to end it. Um, 
wee bit of kind of fly clutch esque at the end there with the wee push just to make sure they went over. Like um and they obviously you know, White's just never learnt from that uppercut, has he? I mean he's been knocked out of Joshua, Pavetka niced him with it and new and new fury just, just done him as well. So hasn't worked on any defence, spectacular TKO. Fair play to White for getting up actually. Um but obviously no position to continue, legs are all over the place either. Um so look, as I say it's great, you know, great result for Fury in the end. Um huge crowd, they they enjoyed it. Um, disappointing for me though. I, I just I just felt quite just. I thought he, he would have gave it a better go than that. To be honest with you, as you say, maybe he just couldn't. He couldn't get any range. I mean, it's it's a different measure when you've got a guy with that reach popping at a jab to you. You could say that White maybe kind of forced Fury to kind of like be be responsible, sit on the kind of sit on the jab for a wee bit and just kind of pick his moments. And then when he stepped in with that uppercut, it was tremendous. It was a, it was a great shot. Um, so fair play to Tyson Fury. I'm not too sure yet about the about the announcement of retirement, yeah, actually, to be honest with you, I still think um, he's got a wee bit more gas to give, but if that's his, if that's his wish, I mean, look, the guy transcended the, the, the sport a wee bit, actually, he can go away and earn cash, um, you know, more safely, shall we say, you know, WWE's probably a wee bit more kind of safe than taking punches to the head from time to time, but um, that's what it was, that's just what it was, mate, it was, it was an okay fight, great ending in the end, and Fury just showed that he is levels above uh, White, uh, you know, as expected. Talking of levels, Beatbot Boop has set the standard here with a 179 super chat. I've never seen a more perfect performance as Fury, says Mr. Boop, one of our American correspondents, followed by Richard Graville himself, 449 from Ricky. I said I wouldn't do this anymore, Ricky, so I apologise for what I'm about to do. Shout out to Ricky Graveal for that, for that super chat. The Ricky Graveal button has been activated. The standard has been set. Drop in those super chats if you wish. I'll tell you one thing, Matty. Had to laugh at the timing of the stoppage. With about 10 seconds to go, at the end of the sixth, I thought about your prediction league. I know at least the Fury stoppage would come oh, in the second half of the contest. Get us some lovely points. He, he dropped a troll move on us. On a second half truthers. By suddenly uh, no. finishing things off. <laughs> I... Uh... You were all about uh, to pick there. Nobody, yeah, nobody was happier about that one single point than I was there, Steve. Uh, I, <laughs> when I, I'm watching it go down, and I, you know, and first few rounds, I'm thinking, man, I might have been right because there was a, an odds boost on FanDuel for Fury by stoppage to get better than even money. So I was starting to think, well, shit, maybe it was a sucker bet. Maybe it's just going to box his way to a decision. He did come in lighter, et cetera, et cetera. Then about the fourth, fifth round, he started laying some, well, the fourth round was just nasty. And I think, honestly, though, uh, the fourth round is what White needed to do, though, Steve. Uh, like like I, I had mentioned uh, last week, what what Wallen was able to really do to Fury was get under his skin, right? He used some dirty roughhouse tactics, and uh and he he got in Tyson Fury's head a little bit and took him out of his game. And and White tried that. And uh, I think he had a little bit of success, but I don't think he has much of a motor. And I think that single round of roughhousing really started to take him out of him. And the fifth round started eating a lot of hard shots. And then in the sixth round, Fury just started making him look foolish. The seconds are ticking down, Steve. I'm looking in. I'm looking. And I'm like, ah, shit. Everyone's going to get points but me. And then... The right uppercut from hell appears, and well, then uh, and White goes down on his back. I got it. I got it. No, the son of a bitch gets up. He gets up, Steve. 
But fortunately, he staggered like Tommy leaving a pub on a Saturday night. And uh, we got that TKO win, uh, getting uh, one point closer to the lead there. I'm only two behind uh, right now. You and I are tied, Steve. Uh, so uh, I'm coming for you, Andy and Rob. And uh, thank you to the Gypsy King. And and let me just say, uh, too, that um, I, uh, I really enjoyed that uh the performance from beginning to end and when i say that um i don't want to go to we see all these super chats coming don't want to take up too much time so i don't lose them uh here but um i loved everything from tyson fury's amazing ring entrance with don mclean singing and you know then then going into uh god what did he go into then he went to biggie and then he went to kings of leon i think and it just a big show having a blast and then he gave that great performance and i uh if that was his last fight i'm really gonna miss tyson fury he's he's i haven't always bet uh for him he's cost me some money but he's one of the great characters in boxing and as as the world's being weird around us, I just hope people remember that um, it, it's us and, and our culture that creates these people, these larger than life figures like Tyson Fury. And that is what's worth preserving. Tyson Fury's rolling in it as a way with the super charts that Mac- uh, Matty referenced rather. Magic Mike with a 449 there. Thank you very much to you, Mike. A friend of the pod, Michael McElwee. Good for a 449 as well. He's in the Patreon. He didn't have to do that, but he's done it anyway. Davy Man 100 has thrown in 899. He's raised the bar and then some. So th- thank you to everybody who's thrown in uh, the super chats. We will go through the chat shortly and give shout outs to everybody as well as we can. Andy, you mentioned Vladimir Klitschko there. Klitschko was what came to mind for me. It was a Klitschko esque display, I thought. Dominant behind the jab, dominate physically. White looked like fodder from the Klitschko reign, like a, a Jean Marc Mormek or an Alex Leopold. And what I loved about the uppercut was so Fury hadn't really thrown that punch before the finishing blow. We know how susceptible White is to that punch, but only when the time was right did Fury actually detonate yeah. it and then added a little helpful shove afterwards to ease White's path to the canvas. Yeah, he, he actually, I actually watched the, the, um, the post-fight presser with the media and he did mention that. He says we, we had looked or you know, game plan was to try and look at the, the, the uppercut. If you watch some of the, the pre-fight build-up build as well, even Mark Tibbs called it as well. I think the Tibbs know actually trained the line fight at one point as well. Uh-huh. Um, mentioned the right uppercut to, to Richie Woodall. Um, Fury says it was there, there that we had uh, earlier in the fight, but he wanted, didn't want to throw it because he, what White was doing pretty well was he was covering up with his gloves. A few shots were getting blocked either on forearms or on gloves and that, so he wasn't really going to get the shot off. If he threw it too early, it might have alerted White um, too soon. So this says let let the gas run out a wee bit. You know, let the arms kind of drop. And if you look at it, actually, Fury's kind of like just popped the jab, and it's basically kind of broken up White's guard as such. And he just he just threw the right uppercut in there. Did the wee Vlad clutch go push off like he did against Pulev? Um, but it was yeah, it was a fantastic shot, mate. Absolute tremendous shot. Um, I don't know what else I can there I can say about it. Actually, this the fact is that White. I'm looking at it from like two angles. If you look at it from like maybe from behind Fury's back, it's it doesn't look like there's got a lot on it. If you it looks like a kind of more scuffing shot, but if you actually look at the shot from Dylan White's back, it, it lands with some some serious force. It actually sends the you know the sweat spraying off his hair. You now the the neck literally jolts to the right hand side, so Fury's caught him absolutely flush. 
never gave them, you know, I suppose White could have staggered, but, you know, they say Fury just given that wee extra push to go over. He's hit the deck with a bit of a thud that's kind of disorientated them. The legs are just completely gone. Um, getting up, fair play him as I say for for White for getting up. Showed a bit of bravery there, but um, it just it just was no position to continue. So as I says, just popping the jab off is just like as you say, maybe a couple of times broke up White's uh, guard and just popped the right uppercut straight in there. Fantastic shot. Uh, Jason Chahal was looking uh, to get onto the call. If you are there, Jason, I have put the link in the chat. So click it. Why don't you? If you want to jump on with us, let's see what the people in the chat are indeed saying about the fight. Andrew Thicket. Over on Facebook says, White did what he could be. Uh, there's no shame in his defeat. Fury's constant minor and major movements often seem to exhaust his less agile opponents. White was mentally drained by the fourth round. Dez is there as well. He said, White couldn't get near Fury. Feet, head movement, lateral movement. A smaller man has to have all the tools to give Fury a good fight. We all knew that, though, didn't we? Perfect shot to win it. There was another one, uh, Matthew D'Souza as well. He said, I got it slightly wrong as I thought Fury would batter White like he did Chisora. And stopping round eight onwards. Uh, who else we got here? There was another comment that I was going to bring up. Don't seem to find it now. And Michael Thompson's there. He joined us on Patreon this week. Shout out to Michael. Uh, one thing I was going to mention to you, actually, Matty. Um, we had a brief discussion in the Nutters group about White going southpaw in the first round. I think it was more of a gimmick than a tactic or a sustainable strategy. He looked uncomfortable in that stance. And somebody in the teams obviously probably thought... It would confuse Fury a little bit, which I think it did in the first round, but it had no longevity. White would have got knocked out sooner, in my opinion, if he'd have stayed southpaw. When people change their stance unnecessarily, it's often a sign of desperation. Maybe not in this case, but I think it was just a good idea rather than something they felt would actually work. You know, I I, I don't know so much. I, I think they were trying to take as much from the Volan playbook as they could, Steve. Um, and the problem with that is that White doesn't really know how to fight low that well. And, and uh, on the ESPN broadcast, Tim Bradley touched on that quite a bit. He, he was talking about how uh, how uh, White didn't have enough flex in his knees, uh, and and that was limiting what he was able to do because he was used to fighting guys kind of at or around his same size more often than not. And uh, so he just you know, fought like a, fought like a big man. Well, time comes when you have to fight like a little man and he didn't know how to do it. Um, they, and like I said, it seemed like they're trying as much from the volume playbook as they could. The Southpaw didn't go well for him. They tried the rough house that didn't go well for him. Um, so, um, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see where white goes from here, probably retirement, but he's just not good as fighting as the little guy. Fury is such an exceptional big man. Um, and I just, I think it's really, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can, uh, get that, uh, that MMA fight put together, or the makes rules fight. Um, that was, that was curious. Because, uh, you know, he was walking away from fighting ever again uh, when he was interviewing with the, uh, the the people from Sky. And uh, then he interviews with the Americans and then he's and he's bringing in. A, oh, what's his bucket? I don't know why his name just slipped me right there. Um, but uh, it's Ngannou or something. Is it? Yeah. Francis Ngannou. Thank you. Do, do thank we want you. us? Do we want to see that? Is this Ngannou any good at what he does? I have no idea. It'll be, yes. it'll... I was going yes. to say actually, I th- I think if they do make it, it will be some sort of mixed rules. So they'll have like maybe the first round will be will be boxing, second round will be maybe MMA rules, third round boxing again. Oh, sounds horrific. I, I know what I'm saying because he, Matt, you maybe know, remember the uh, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. He he's in one one championship. He fought a guy for Thailand. Uh, 
special rules. One round kickboxing or Muay Thai, another round was MMA. Something Isn't that how they did Ali versus uh, uh, that Japanese Aoki? guy? Was it? No, I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, you know, I from I, they said they were talking about use uh, using MMA gloves. Number one. I, I get a feeling, I don't know if they're going to go back and forth. I think that maybe they'll go for the the small gloves and maybe not have the ref break you up on the grappling. And I don't know if they'll allow knees or kicks or anything like that. But I think they're going to keep it to stand up. That would be my big hunch, is that it's going to stay as, is is that the rules are going to keep it as a stand up. Um, but but there might be some more MMA style grappling al- allowed. That that's just kind of the vibe I got. Beatbox boobs vibe is improving with a four forty nine. He says, I believe, I personally believe, a big Tyson Fury beats every other heavyweight in history. Six foot nine with an eighty five inch reach and two hundred and seventy pounds. Can you guys think of anyone who'd come close? These are difficult, Matty. It's always hard to know. I always thought it, it would be a good scrap for some reason between Fury. And Riddick Bow, similar skill set, especially on the inside kind of fight. You know, I always thought that would be a decent fight. Lennox Lewis, I think, is the one that they came down to with because they talked about it on the ESPN telecast a little bit after, like who would beat this guy. Um, and and the one guy that that they all seemed kind of interested in was Lennox Lewis, and and I think that's right um, as far as the skills matching up. Um, I, I also, um, you know, my, you know, Mike Tyson obliterating him. I mean, Mike Tyson is five foot ten. Um, I'd like to see Larry Holmes jab up against Mike uh, or against uh, Tyson Fury too. Um, you know, Lennox Lewis and what uh, Larry Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a small guy comparatively, though. Again, I mean, uh, he's a see, half see, his foot smaller. See, see, he's peak though. Listen, which was which was very short. He was an underrated fighter, like very underrated technician, and that power was legit. Wilder's power. Oh, 100 percent. And you'll always wonder if the mob had a say in his fights with uh, Ali too. I mean, that, that, that there there is always that curiosity, isn't there? The mob having a say in his fights. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Fury for a second there. You no, 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 no. That, that's a whole different story, isn't it? That That's more f- current front page news. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's because it, what well, isn't there some like people who believe the phantom punch narrative? Don't they fall back on the idea that uh, that uh, Liston was so involved with the mafia at that point in time that he took a dive for him? Yeah, but I th- they've actually hit this punch where like the most up to date computer software they can they can they can think of actually, and it looks like the punch did land. Triple but also, Andy Liston was heavily in with the yeah, he was. Carbo, Blinky, Palermo. That can't be denied. He was, he was hundred percent, mate. And I think um, I forget the guy's name. Um, guy, he goes on about corruption in the sport. He was in that documentary. Sonny Liston's. He 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 was saying that you know the the big fix. You know, was really in um, the rematch, really, rather than kind of make you know make him quit in the first fight uh, when he did. But it was the rematch was to kind of get him to go over early. He obviously he can't deny it. I mean, he was never he was never the same fighter after that, I suppose. And you know, at that point, was was listened also a heroin addict by that point. Who knows? Uh, Des making a good point. The biggest compliment I can give Fury is that he could live in any era. Um, I tell you what, Dillian White, he waited all that time, Andy, for his big shot, but Frank has no sympathy. Ain't no mandatory anymore. 
<laughs> Emphatically. <laughs> Brilliant. Frank seemed to be loving that last night, to be honest with you. Um, fair play. Well, well, he was a bit confused afterwards. Bunty said, what do you think about the fight, Frank? And Frank's pointing out at ringside. He goes, he's over there! <laughs> uh, what was that? I, what, I, I missed that. What, what happened there? I have no idea. I don't think anybody Christ. knew, did they? <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened there, to be honest with you. I, I, I kind of like caught it. It looked like it was Bunce. I think when... That's what it was. It was. It was when Frank done something. He turned away kind of quick. It was like Bunce was in a state of panic, trying to find like, okay, I need to move to something else. Help me, help me, help me. Either we need to speak to him before we lose him. I don't know whether he's about Fury or Frank. Like Frank was all over the shop. Oh, <laughs> mate. Don't want to let him wander off anywhere. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was incredible. Oh, brilliant. Uh, upcoming stuff then, Andy. You mentioned you sick there, Joshua. Is that fight even ever yeah. going to take place? Is there anything out there? Are we going to look at Trevor Bryan against uh, White? You could end up with White against Anthony Joshua again. We're not too bothered about White going forward, but uh, t- uh, Fury doesn't fight this and Garni. What, what do you think? It's got to be Usyk or Bust, doesn't it? Yeah, really, mate. If, if 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 he's if he's legit about retiring, then so be it. But if he's going to fight again, then obviously the winner against Joshua Usyk rematches is the one that's got to harm. Um, if it is Yuzik, um I know how can I put this? I'm 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 not saying that, that Yuzik beats Fury, but if it, if it ever happens, I do believe Fury is made to work for that like ever before he won it. And I believe Fury would win. Purely on his size, his his reach, the power as well. But he's he's he would be facing a guy who we've mentioned before as an elite southpaw. Does it, does it come out like Dylan White, you know, kind of like bobbing and weaving, just kind of like nervous energy? He will pick up steam as the fight goes on. He's got fantastic footwork. Um, you just need to see how music would, 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 would match up, just be Fury's size. But you, obviously, Fury would be overwhelming favourite, I would imagine. But I wouldn't uh, write music off because I, I still think there's a, there's a bit of the Cunningham vibe I get about the music fight. Just a smaller guy, you could reach in, just come over the top with something and catch Fury with a chin in the air and drop him. And um, that might is like you know that type of thing. I just think it's possible. a small guy who knows how to fight small. And Usyk would, I mean, he's a small guy for furious capacity, but he'd be what two or three inches taller than Cunningham still, would he? Or am I am I getting that? I would, right? I, would, I, I, I would say so, mate. And plus, obviously as well, I think uh, Usyk's more filled out to heavyweight now rather than what Cunningham was ever at, at that point because obviously he went back into, back into cruiserweight. Uh-huh, I think uh, uh-huh. after that fight. So yeah, as I say, look, if, if he retires, so be it. If, if he's going to defend the belts, he's got I think Wilder's number one with the BC. Joe Joyce Joe, uh, against Joe Parker's allegedly signed, sealed, and delivered. So I'm actually quite happy with that fight. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, Dubois, I, I don't see that ever want to ever want to see that fight. So then you, you're coming down to like say Luis Ortiz, Andy Ruiz, uh, Frank Sanchez type fighters, Tony Yoka, Hergovich, all these guys and. You know, I don't want to see these fights. Obviously, if, if Fury was champion, say it in his late twenties, and he's he's fighting these guys over a, a you know a reign, but he's what is he thirty four now? He's he's not going to get up for any of those fights unless it's a Joshua or maybe a Usyk fight. And he's, he's kind of always kind of poo pooed the Usyk fight, saying oh he doesn't speak English that type of thing. And I'm not saying he's ducking him, I'm not saying that whatsoever. But I just think he knows Usyk would give him severe issues and it's a it's a hard night I think I really do think it's a hard night um Joshua I think he, he knocks him out to be honest with you um if if, if uh, Joshua beats music and that fight ever happens which obviously to, to say it if Joshua does does win I think Fury's coming right out of fucking retirement wanting that fight immediately immediately it's going to sell massive tickets yeah. massive money and it's an easy night's work for him music 
harder sell, harder fight, different style, and then music is a different mentality to everybody else in the division, apart from Tyson Fury. Yeah, wouldn't disagree with that at all. Matthew Russell says, can't knock Dillian White's career, huge success, earned generational wealth, and what appears to be slightly above average talent. I think that's an accurate representation. I don't know whether it should be applauded for that, or maybe boxing should be chastised, but if you're a big man, and you can fight a little bit like he can, as Porky's always said, he's never fought for a European title, never fought for a world title before last night, and he got like five, six, four, five pay-per-view headliners. He's done all right for himself as White, but uh, not sure about his preparation. If some clips on Twitter were to be believed, uh, maybe this wasn't the best thing to be doing in the change rooms beforehand. He's having an episode there. <laughs> I'll tell you what he was doing. He was practicing leaving his chin in the air for Tyson Fury to land that right uppercut on. That's what he was doing. <laughs> that's, like when, that's like when you work nights, isn't it? And you're trying to sleep during the day and that's all you can hear outside is lawnmowers <laughs> and like dogs. And, <laughs> like and a bass and hound whose owner died. And that's when you start loading up your bloody air rifle to start shooting it. Honestly, <laughs> I could see him getting away with it once, but four times is a bit much, mate. Yeah, it's sound like a wolf, but no, man. <laughs> it probably sounds like a bull mastiff, possibly. I don't mean a bloody wolf. Bull mastiff, bullshit. A neuter bull mastiff. <laughs> Jason Cheel throwing in 449. Thank you very much, Jason, indeed. Uh, Jack DYO says, Dillian White, the new Keith Lard. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> oh dear, enjoying himself there with Dillian. What about Sugar Hill? Uh, unrelated to the dog incident there, Matty. Sugar Hill in the corner. I think it's sometimes uh, ch- uh, trainer changes and you can attribute this, that and the other to changes and sometimes they work, sometimes there's truth in it, sometimes there's not. But I think in this case, it does seem to be chemistry between the two of them and he does seem to have made those, whether he's channeling the spirit of Emmanuel Stewart or not through the cronk, he's def- they seem to work well together and he seems to have ch- uh, tweaked his style just enough to be really effective to perfection, really, for Fury. Well, and you have to remember that Emmanuel Stewart uh, was really high on Tyson Fury when he had a chance to see him in the gym. So I think that change was correct because, uh, you know, if uh, Emmanuel had been working with uh, Vladimir, uh, maybe he would have uh, he would have uh, taken a very young Tyson under at the, some point in time or something like that before he passed. Um, I know the years are a little off and such, but so I mean, Sugar knew what that was, and I you know, and he's built for that Kronk style. I mean, he's um, he kind of built like a heavyweight Tommy Hearns, except you know he's fat um, and. In whatever their relationship is, Sugar Hill brings out the best in Tyson Fury. And uh, the way that he brought him into his interview was great. Um, the respect that he has for him is tremendous. Um, he's a humble enough man to, to give so much credit over there to where he believes that it's due. And, um, you know, it just goes to show how much that finding the right trainer matters so much and, and finding that chemistry is important because they, they clearly have it. 
and um, uh, I'd, I hope they get we get to see a couple more fights uh, with uh, with them uh, working together. But if not, um, I'm curious uh, what heavyweight Sh- uh, Sugar Hill might take under his wing next, because um, at this point in time, you can't argue with the idea that he is uh, the uh, preeminent trainer in heavyweight boxing. I'll tell you one person who didn't used to rate Fury back in the day, Matty, and that was Jeff Mayweather. Whenever Fury fought Kevin Johnson in Belfast about 10, 11 years ago, terrible fight, by the way, one of the worst I was ever at. Jeff Mayweather was overtraining Kevin Johnson. I interviewed Jeff himself. I said, well, what do you think about Tyson Fury? He goes, I'm not impressed with him at all. He's just a big dude. That's all. So how wrong was Jeff, Matty? How wrong? Apparently so. Is Jeff still alive? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's just Roger. He's got a YouTube channel. Does uh, interviews in, in the okay. Mayweather gym. Yeah, time, it's just Roger that's dead. And Floyd Sr. has yeah. been hanging on with his sparkly <laughs> doses you know, by a string for the last fucking 15 years. Remember him talking about his imminent death on 24-7 Mayweather Hatton. Um, no, uh, God, that might have Mayweather Pacquiao. Um, so, uh, or uh, excuse me, Hatton Pacquiao. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know about that family, but Jeff, uh, Jeff really missed that one right there. And um, the Mayweathers are an interesting uh, family, man. Like they, other than Floyd, they really haven't had any. One way of putting it. Yeah. They they haven't had any like top fighters really other than Floyd working with them. Have they? I mean, I'm trying to think of uh, champions. Uncle Raj had, I mean, he might add a few. Maybe did Mickey Bay work with them? Maybe. Yeah. Mickey Bay did. They were theophane. He was there, wasn't he for a while? Yeah, he wasn't a world champion, though. <laughs> yeah, Matty, I've got an interesting thought, actually. This is a bit of a tangent, but we love a tangent on the show. You know the way the Mayweathers have all been afflicted by CTE? I'm not just sure if Jeff had it that bad, but obviously Roger did and Floyd had. And like, Did that affect Floyd Jr.'s uh, style in the ring, maybe? I know he had the bad knuckles and all, but maybe the defensive first posture, was it maybe in the back of his mind, so to speak, about what happened to the generation of Mayweathers? I mean, this, it's a bit of a wild one here, but it's just coming to me. I don't know. I, th- I think uh, at the moment when your father picks you up to try to avoid getting shot and still get shot, you might be thinking about doing something different than he did. Um, <laughs> uh, it's I I don't it's I don't know. It's tough to say like how much they seem like they they were showing at that time. See, so, I mean, you got to think what Floyd Senior was done fighting in like what eighty two, eighty three. And then he spent a bunch of time in prison. So that probably didn't um, touch on Floyd at all. Um, mm. And Roger was still, God, wasn't Roger still fighting 95 The 90s, yeah. Yeah, early to mid 90s, I think, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if he saw it. I just think it's it's kind of born into it. It's 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 kind of like the Russells, you know, and um, it, it might, you know, it could be fucked up. I mean, hopefully, you know, you don't wake up one morning and find out that, one of the Garys went Chris Benoit ape shit, and, and now there's <laughs> only one Gary. Uh, you know, uh, be easier for us to work it out. There wasn't anyone. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Fucking CTE versus the Russells. Diabetes already is seemingly has the upper hand. Um, we don't want to lose the battle to this one either, guys. So uh, you know, keep uh, doing that defense first style. Um, but uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> back to the, the timeline doesn't really add up i think is what you're saying I yeah I, I don't yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. think so and it's and you also i mean and i think floyd senior's fucked up but i don't think he's like punched in the head fucking crazy either right mm. <laughs> I, I i think he was i smoked crack fucked up but i don't think he was punched in the head crazy like i think the only ass kicking he really took in his career was uh leonard wasn't it 
like straight right. ass kicking. Roger took some beatings, didn't they? Especially towards the end. Yeah, absolutely. Remember it's... Rocky Lockridge knocked him out in one round. What a knockout, man. Absolutely folded his knees up before he even hit the deck. Rocky was a puncher, man. He was still oh, banging I... people out in the streets right up to I his love, death. I yep. love Rocky back in his day, man, when he was like, he, he was one of my most favourite B-side fighters. Mm-hmm. I'll tell Great you what fighter. might have impacted Floyd more than anything, though, Steve, is the fact that Floyd isn't a drinker or a drug user. I think seeing that stuff growing up and seeing how that might have wasted his family's talent probably had a greater impact on him and the way that he conducts himself than anything else. Can you imagine Floyd Mayweather on drugs? I mean, fuck. Well, P- P- he was, he was, he was, yeah, I was going to say, he was a laced up in um, But uh, I'm talking like, you know, if he was like smoking crack like his old man or some shit like that, or, you know, like fucking... Dr. Dan Hill. Yeah, you know. Well, he's seeing metaskeletons, so who knows what he's on? (laughs) Who fucking knows? I wonder if you 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 think you can smoke angel dust in the metaverse, Steve? Like, is that something we can try? I I don't know. I'm. It's the one thing I'm curious. Like, can I do for the Patreon? Maybe Matty, you you could maybe try it out. Smoke the toad, mate. That's what they do. (laughs) It's like Tyson. Well, yeah, yeah. Tyson. Yeah, it's meant to to chill you and just end your ego. I'm sure we don't want to spoil that. That's got to be coming up at the end of the show, there, isn't it, Steve? You could lick Ray Vargas. Is back and see which uh, hallucinogenic world you end up in, I suppose. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, back. <laughs> anyway, Andrew Thicket is enjoying uh, Dillian White's noises. He said he was Jamaican throat singing, a much undervalued style of music, a genre of one. And back to reality, Des says, I think Fury's feet have slowed down and he's much older now. Sugar Hill and that style has come at the right time, I think. Before we give people shout-outs and move on to the undercard, briefly, may I add... And uh, last week, I referenced the referee Mark Lyson as a potentially problematic appointment. I was absolutely wrong. I thought Lyson had a difficult, a difficult job to do in there. There was beer flying in. There was heads. There was elbows. He was excellent, right up to and including the stoppage for me. Yeah, you see me kind of get a quick handle on it, to be honest with me. I thought, you know, it was, it was really kind of a wee bit of worrying thing. Maybe a DQ was going to potentially come across. I mean, he's even telling the fighters, look, be professional. You know, professional fighters. Um, but yeah, he seemed to get, get a grip on it. It was just unfortunate to see, obviously, um, with the rough stuff. But it, it happens in fights. Um, I think if it kind of maybe kind of went on a wee bit longer, points would have started coming off. Um, but she just didn't want to see. But as I say, the fight was only going to go one. It was only going one way for me, at least. This is maybe the first round you could potentially make an argument that, that White got a share of it. Um, that said, um, I just Fury just kind of bossed it, but obviously he was mo- he was moaning the referee as well. Fury saying, "Look, listen, he's using the head, using the forearm, he's using the elbows, punching behind the head." Um, so yeah, it was really getting to a point where his, you know, the points were coming off, you know, potentially. But um, as Matty said as well, maybe maybe just all that kind of roughhouse shit. He was really kind of it was what gassed quite in the end because in the day, I forget what weights these guys come in. I need to go and double check, but. Fury's a big dude. Both over 18, weren't they? I think, Andy. Both over 18. He's trying to wrestle an 18 stone guy who's technically bigger than Bully, putting a couple of, couple of pounds more heavy on him and that as well. So, um, yeah, well, you say, you know, I thought Lyson probably established his authority very, very early. You know, there was probably the first, how many rounds? Probably the first four, maybe. It was just full of kind of like, you know, poor, poor fouls, forearming, as I mentioned, the elbows, roughhousing. Hits behind the head. Um, in the end, though, I think he can. Uh, he he got it spot on. But as I says, if it went on any longer after round six, I think you could have probably seen points coming off if it kind of continued. But this is um, 
I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was fair. Plus, at the end of the day, he gave him every chance as well with the stoppage. Looked at his eyes, mm. told him to come to him, walked to me, and he tried. He fell, but that's just the way it is. So I, I thought he handled it pretty well. Tried. He fell. He was conquered. Steve Anderson has thrown in a tenner there on the super chat. A tenner from Steve Anderson. Thank you very much. Much appreciated Good to fun. you. Joe Burns is here as well. Uh, where are you, Chris Burns? Joe Burns is thrown in 4.49. He says, it was a pleasure being there last night, witnessing greatness. Fury is levels above them all. Wilder deserves more respect for his fights with Fury, absolutely. I was talking to a fellow in work, a casual. Uh, of course, you, whenever you're a boxing fan, you're the sort of face of boxing, Matty. But a casual uh, fan in work was saying to me, oh, you know, uh, White's the third of the best. You've got Fury there, number one, Usyk, number two, and then there's White. And I says... I don't know, you know, you've got Wilder, you've got Joshua, way more accomplishments. White hasn't had his opportunity yet, but just because the other guys have failed at that level, so to speak, doesn't mean that White necessarily jumps above them, in my opinion. There's a lot of disrespect on Wilder's name, as Joe has alluded to there. He's a big puncher, he's got a lot of balls, and you had to literally stick him down twice, absolutely deluded, blood pissing out the ears, firing his coach. He's a madman, Wilder. And he's and know, dropped Tyson Fury four and he's Tyson times. Fury. I want to give I want to give a bit more respect to Wilder. You're American brother, Matty. You do it better than me. Come on, let, let's let's defend Deontay. Wilder is the best puncher that we have seen in about 25 years. And unfortunately he shares the same era of boxing as potentially the best heavyweight nothing added i i there's tyson fury could be the best heavyweight ever he might not have the resume but his skill set's fucking incredible and tyson fury has been dropped four times by by this man and one time he looked like he was fucking uh dead to rights and he got up it's um you kind of look back and and steve i think the the great disrespect we might be giving these guys in in historic terms and I'm not saying that we'll say, see a fourth fight or anything like that. But um, how many times did Jake LaMotta fight Sugar Ray Robinson? And how many times did Jake LaMotta win? Yeah, it was like one six, 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 six wasn't it? I think. Yeah. But six. they were, cla- it was a classic rivalry. And there were some great fucking fights. You know, it sucks sometimes being... People are actually number... shitting on Fury, by the way, for actually fighting. They have only fought Wilder three times, right? And they fought Dylan White over the space of how many years? Two, three years? People <laughs> are actually shitting on him. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. And then obviously like, they're going about Wallen. Um, I think, I'm like, you know, okay, it's a poor era of heavyweights, but you can only, you know, people shout on Klitschko under his reign. And then what happened when he retired? They got all the props. Like Lennox Lewis, he got shot on when it, when it was his reign. See when he retired, they got all the fucking props to the world. It will only be when Fury fucking finally decides or, or finally does say that I'm no coming back. That's it, done and dusted. We totally believe him that he's retired. That's when you fucking know. Yeah. Well, and to go to the point in saying that, you know, White's number three, I don't even know that White's the third best heavyweight in Britain. So... I I I would probably rate Joshua above him. Joshua's beaten, oh, I goes with and I would probably Joyce. rate Joyce above him. Yeah, with Dave Allen, <laughs> the comedian. <laughs> I'd rate him above him. Maybe. <laughs> um, you can't. You, you can't. The thing is, though, Matty. You, I, I, in my opinion, 
it has been conclusively decided between two of the best heavyweights in the world, beyond all conclusive doubt. The same when both fought Holyfield. I know it wasn't as conclusive, the finishes, but they fought three times. And now we know the amount of times people don't fight at all, or maybe only fight once, that they fought three times. It has been decided. It will go down in history. Who is the better man? And there were great fights. And the heavyweight division in the modern era is all the better for it. Yeah. And we, we should celebrate that. And if for some reason they end up fighting a fourth time for some bizarre reason, we should celebrate it. Because we're like, holy shit, the third one was the best one. Who knows what's going to happen next? And maybe Deontay Wilder has his Jake LaMotta moment. You just don't know. And Michael Thompson says 150 likes to get Matty to smoke crack live. Well, I'll tell you what. Wouldn't be 200 likes anyway, would it, Andy? At least we had a bit of dignity about us last night. Post-fight pod, 200 likes was the threshold. Yep. Unfortunately, the demand wasn't there. <laughs> yep, mate. I even put out a late, late uh, rallying cry on all my got an additional 10. So, yeah, people were even messaging me after the fight. You know, you're going live, you're going live. No, oh, tight bastards can't give us fucking 200 likes. Fuck yous. Hashtag fuck listeners. They obviously felt ashamed with the way that they're giving the super chat the other day. You talk about yeah. a, a great way to redeem yourselves. Thank you to everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Throwing in your cash here, but we've got to make sure that it actually gets, uh, gets through the checking scheme first, Matty. You know, Uncle Sam's got to take their cut as well before we see any of that fucking dollars. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Has to that... go around the world like Diamante first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we'd like we'd like to thank uh, of Canaan. We'd like to thank Chris Burns for his pound seventy nine because uh, you know Jade we might Gun. be able to buy a uh, a stick of jerky at this point in time with it. Right. <laughs> Fucking inflation and Jade can't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fucking Andy's bitching about the seventy ers and now fuck you months later I'm bitching about the one seventy ers This is insanity. <laughs> We're going to need the 79ers to pay our electricity bill soon. I if it goes up anymore. But well, what about Cooks? He's got his water bill to pay. That's, that's the only reason that White made seven figures is inflation. Em Lithgow said the lads on the asylum have earned more on Super Chats tonight than the whole of Frank's undercard last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can we please talk about how Isaac Lowe probably is going to be worse at the English language after that ass-kicking he received? Well, that was a beatdown, wasn't it? We can. Just before we do, let me give a shout-out to people of the chat. We were, we were slapped on Twitter earlier for, for taking the piss out of Isaac Lowe, so we are going to continue to do it because we don't listen to anybody. But anyway, Jason Walker's there. <laughs> <laughs> Slappy Gilmore's in the chat as well. ML Lithgow, nineteen eighty-three. Stephen Hill, Yumi Yappy, Michael Thompson, Josh Ford, Jim McDonald, Boxing, Sad Ken, Joe Burns, the Motor City Cobra, uh, Chris Burns, Andrew Thicket, Chris Butler, Ben Russell, Stephen Hill, Patrick Sweeney's there as well. Good lad, Patrick yourself, Jack WD, Jim McDonald, Boxing. Might have mentioned him twice. Who cares? Warrior Webb, Des, of course. Chelsea Taylor, and one more for good measure, Deench is here as well. Take it away then, Andy, the best of the undercard, if indeed it can be dug from the big pile of horse manure. Yeah, um, I, I watched bits of Tetley against Esselman, to be honest with you. Uh, it, was early, it was the early half of the fight. I thought the Tetley did pretty well early doors, but I didn't catch the end of it. Um, again, I'm losing. But it was the Nick Ball really kind of caught my attention. I was really surprised by him, actually. Even though I was doing my research for, for a prediction league that I was in, I, believe it or not, I took Ball by stoppage. Um, and then, obviously, see how, just to see how he, he went about the fight. Absolute pocket rocket, a fighter. 
doesn't matter if he's if he's feet are wide apart or if he's if he's over his front foot or whatever, he's gonna step into distance and he is gonna outwill you. He's gonna throw shots and by Christ and he threw some shots there last night and it really dinged up Isaac Lowe. I think he had him down early doors, cut him badly cut. I think even Nick Ball was even maybe even maybe a broken nose, certainly bleeding from the nose at least. Blood uh, over the shop and then, you know, I don't know what the hell Victor Lachlan was doing with that stoppage actually because when you see a fighter turn his back in the manner of what he did, then they give a ball, I think it was, was it three, three unanswered shots before they finally stopped the fight. I thought it was pretty poor because he didn't need to take that, that, uh, that uh, one of those left hands that kind of set it up because I thought when, when, when Lowe took the shot, back was turning, he's tied up against the ropes, he seemed to be slightly bowed over. That shoes like I'm not saying a surrender as such, but it's a kind of sign that like maybe you're hurt. You're probably want to protect yourself. Lachlan's standing for a, a wee bit of distance away, looking to kind of like with that kind of like scrunched up face to say, "Oh, it's not looking too good here." And which, but he's admiring how Isaac Lowe's fucking bleeding. He fucking like in the manner of what he was. Ball just steps in, lands three shots, and pulls it off. But it was a, it was a, I really enjoyed that fight. To be honest with you, Nick Ball certainly surprised us with that performance for me at least. Anyway. So he uh, certainly gets himself right into the mix. They're talking about a rematch as well for some reason. I I don't think there's a rematch required whatsoever for that one. This is low got his, got absolutely hammered for pillar to post in that fight. Um probably lost a few fucking letters for his vocabulary and that as well. Who knows? But it was it was a beatdown, an absolute beatdown. Ball was just all over him. He must be an absolute nightmare to spar or even fight to be on. Look at it last night. Christ almighty. So fair play to Nick Ball, actually. So uh, hopefully he gets a big opportunity off the back of this. That all, The way it all ended in the corner was fucking weird, too. That whole series of events was just fucking weird. Uh, ben Faruqi there, head of the Boxing Asylum's technical department, was uh, live at the show last night. He said, can we big up Darren Tetley? He put in a good performance against Essaman, particularly early on. Did better than most expected. Shout out to him. Also, Andrew Thicket says, Essaman silenced the crowd with that performance. Some people literally fell asleep. We've had Essaman and Tetley on the show in the past. Uh, Gabe, actually, Matty, is a Darren Tetley fan. You thought Gabe would have dug himself out of his Texas hole tonight and come on and give Darren a bit of a pat on the back if he had any decency. Well, hopefully Gabe's all right. Has he been in the group? I've heard from him in a while. Yeah, I've heard from him in a while, actually. Yeah. Hopefully he's okay. Yeah. yeah. You never know. Them Texans are fucking crazy. Might have been uh, might have been in church and, uh, you know, been shot by a crazy person or something. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, yeah, what about the undercard, there. anyway? <laughs> uh, any 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 interest from you? What, what about what about your uh, your purchasing habits, Matty? Did you buy the entire card? Did you watch the undercard all Did the way through? Did you spunk all your money on the bets this week, Merton Point? I, so um, we, Parlay, we, baby. We, we won't talk about the money that I spent to watch the fight. That That's not going to be discussed. Um, and I will say that I did bet on Tyson Fury to win rounds one through six, but I won't say how much I bet on it. Um, I'm on a small winning streak, but I can't convince myself to bet large sums right now because I'm still tremendously gun shy after two months of fucking misery. Uh, but I, I'm on the way up. Um, I got um, the next one, Steve. I got uh, I got uh, what twenty or twenty five bucks on Shakur Stevenson to win and Charlo to win. Uh, so uh, fingers crossed there. I think that'll come in for you. Michael McAway, Andy says five or six years ago, Victor was the best ref in the UK. But since Eubank yeah. versus Blackwell, he's been consistently poor and awful judging. I know he had a bad one on his judging. Was it 
Darrell Williams against Zach Parker, I think it was. What I didn't like last night was, I know it all happened so quickly. You have to remember that as well. It all happens in split seconds. We can watch slow motions and all, but he kind of put his hand on uh, ball, like touched him as if he was going to intervene, but he didn't. And it was a little bit indecisive, maybe. Yeah, I, I said, I, I forget who I said it to last night. There was, you know, I, I've said before in the past that he's one of our best refs. Well, I wanted to, you know, like maybe retract that a wee bit, to be honest with you, because he has had some dodgy displays over the last few years, even scorecards. I've mentioned before, I still haven't like spoke to him about some of his scorecards, and I thought, that's how I saw it. That's, 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 that, that is the get out, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, well, listen. He was—he was obviously—he was highly—he was obviously highly titled as one of your best refs, obviously because he got all the kind of biggish gigs that was involved in any fighters coming over here that involved the WBC, for example, because he spoke—he speaks fluent Spanish. He was able to give instructions in Spanish, that type of thing. So, but certainly it was how can I put it? There was Ian John Lewis vibes off him there last night with that stoppage. I felt, to be honest with you, um, I can't add any more than that, mate. I didn't want to go in too heavy on. We all have bad nights at the end of the day, but it's just officiating for some of the, you know, over the last few weeks, we've had Dean John Lewis get his his licence, not so much revoked, but it got downgraded. Um, mm. Some of the judges, you know, we'll wait and see, but maybe licence maybe kind of like steps into the breach here a wee bit, because it says he, he was pretty impressive there last night. But, um, I'm not going to bag on Victor too bad, to be honest with you, but he needs to, he needs to up it a wee bit, to be honest with you. With all our bad nights, 471 episodes in, we've had a few ourselves. Andy's still here, though, and Matty's here. I was hoping Ozzy might join us. It seemed like his kind of evening, but alas, no. No Smido either, or American, further American representation. No doubt rapping Rob Kelly will be on later on if he has indeed seen the fight. Uh, anyone checked on Eddie, says Jack Dio. Uh, I might as well play this now, Andy. You've sent me a clip of Eduardo. I don't know if you want to give us a little bit of preemptive information on what Eddie's saying, because I haven't watched it yet. Is it worth a watch? Oh, it's very worth a watch, mate. This is Eddie Hearn. This is Eddie Hearn. Sorry, Edward James Hearn, the heavyweight boxing expert. Shall we play it? Oh, yes. Let's play it. I don't think that Tyson Fury is a big heavyweight puncher. And if you know anything about heavyweight boxing, he's not. If you if you list the top five, six guys in the division, he's not up there in terms of his power. But he's never been an explosive puncher. But he stopped Deontay Wilder, more with pressure and, and work rate. But I don't think he's a one-punch knockout specialist. That's what I'm talking about. And I feel that Dillian White is. So I don't see, I see that fight going late. I don't see Tyson Fury winning that fight early by stoppage. And if it goes late, I favour Dillian White. And he says, Con- we know nothing. <laughs> Content, baby. Content. <laughs> Evening, Ed. Oh, Eduardo. That's by you the week material. Jack course, WD I, there. Did Eddie actually watch it? I think Eddie watched the fight last night. He, he wasn't there in person, was he? No, but you know how you know he, he pretends like he, he doesn't watch you know, these events, other people's shows. You know, or he, 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 like say, oh, I heard about this, I heard about that type of thing, you know. Or remember, he's, he's, got, he's got the highlights on Twitter. I don't know. I really don't I, know. I don't think Barry watched it, Andy. I think he had other things on his mind. Oh, mate. <laughs> Poor Barry. The old 72-year-old pervert's got me blocked on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> he's going seven-year know later on. Jack WD says, I hate it when refs pull fighters' gloves out of a clinch. Was it not Josh Taylor against Ramirez, Andy, am I remembering correctly? Didn't yeah. Kenny Bayless do something like that? He pulled a glove, didn't he? And then Taylor knocked down Ramirez. I think it was... Yeah, that that's right, mate. One of, the, one of the earlier knockdowns, I think it was an uppercut, I think Josh flew uh, uh, through. Maybe yeah, maybe separated the fighters, didn't call break or didn't say continue, just allowed the fighters just to kind of keep punching. And Josh, I think Ramirez is kind of waiting for some sort of instruction at least. I'm trying to think of what else is, they, we've had. Obviously, Ian John Lewis... 
the obvious ones, for example, was the, the Enzo Marcanelli fight against uh, Oval McKenzie. I spoke to Enzo about this recently. He's, he, still, he still can't believe it. Remember when he, he, got, he, got, he got tagged, he's up against the ropes, covering up. Uh-huh. And we were all talking about it, but all kind of feared for Enzo a wee bit. And then obviously it felt like that Ian John Lewis stepped in purely off public, not so much public pressure, but public comment was like, before the fight was really kind of concerned for Enzo going into that fight. That was uh, that was a disgusting one. What else we got? Uh, Steve Smoger used to put his hands on on fighters. Remember he, he, he put pushed, his hands um, in the face of Carol Murat against yeah Murat yeah yeah Hopkins right. against Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else we got? I used to like Richie Davis actually until he got until he got Kai Bosch for the for, uh, for the board. He took no shit. Remember he kind of he got a grip of um, cleverly Bellew. Oh, yeah. The first fight he got hold of that one pretty good. Oh fucking throw yet! He was <laughs> he took no shit the day. Richie Davis, like I liked him, I really did like him. Um, Kenny Bellis, mate. Well, obviously, Kenny Bellis is considered one of the uh, the preeminent American referees. Look at mm. him in that recent uh, punches for the past episode that we did for Terry no- uh, Terry Norris against Lewis Santana in the rematch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was almost Victor Lachlan esque. It was only his third world title fight, wasn't exactly. it? But yeah, he was suppose. a little bit slow on the uh, jumping in. Yeah, it was. You're actually right. It was quite similar to Lachlan, yeah. Definitely green in that one. Um, what's his name? Did the Meldrick Taylor fight against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, GC Superstar? What's his name? Richard Steele. Mm. Um, oh, three yes, sec- yes. Three yes. seconds to go with the, with the big stoppage. Um, ah, there'll there be a few of them, like. Club shows must be a wash of this shit, to be honest with you. Oh, I'd say so, I'd say so. There's been some bad ones back in continental Europe. I remember watching Eurosport back in the day, and you would have the German fighters and the Italian fighters being literally held up handy by some of the referees yeah. when they were knocked down or hurt by an away fighter. Yeah, uh-huh. hi. Seen it in Argentina and that as well, mate, to be honest with you. I was thinking about um, a case in Germany where the, the fucking fighter got disqualified by the referee. I think he pushed them. Then his then his trainer got in the ring trying to kind of calm him down. He just turned and fucking threw a swing at his trainer, trying to knock him out. He was raging, ready to fucking just take out everybody that came in, came into punching distance with him, eh? even the referee. Uh, Sam O'Hara Childs, that's quite the surname. He says, "How would you all rank White in the heavyweight list at his peak? I mean, the current heavyweight list, like maybe top ten? Uh, uh, exactly. We're talking about." 2017 to 2022, Andy. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what is Peak Dillian White here? What is Peak Dillian White? Is it like... Um, uh, Ren the Parker fights. David Allen? Be after, yeah, after that, I would say. One of the early rounds of the Joshua fight. Before Povetkin won. <laughs> Hellenius? Lucas Brown? I don't know, mate. Joseph Parker, possibly. I don't know what his peak would be, to be honest with you. But where does he rank? I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, th- I thought Tommy had a, had, had a quality comment, actually. Um, what was it he said? He, he demanded like 45% and he says he still got paid £6 million too much, whatever it was. <laughs> I need to go and fucking dig it out. It was fucking quality. Uh, Darts legend Chris Mason's jumped into the chat. He said the one who warns Reed was hilarious. That was Belgium's finest, Roger Tillerman, who refereed Robin Reed against Sven Okia. He warned oh, Reed for Don't you punch him? Don't you punch him? That's right. I actually sat next to Roger Tillerman at a show once in Dublin, Andy Brian McGee against somebody it was. He was uh, yeah, he was, American he was quite, or quite was he a Belgian? Size. No, he's Belgian, yeah. Ah, Belgian, I thought that. Yeah, nice big, he was actually a nice fella, but uh, yeah, that performance. I always thought that uh, Robin Reed missed out on a chance to be Tom Selleck's t- stunt double. She, 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 I'm, I'm not wanting to bag on the refs and that, but she, um, what's that Italian? Is it, is it Barabecchio? I think his name is. Yes. Uh, Massimo Barabecchio, right? He, he is the antithesis of what I 
described as a European ref, amateur referee, doesn't he? Doesn't he get involved in anything? Kind of like does always be mad motions with his hands. Don't don't punch in the break. Don't punch behind the head. But this is this is speak. He just doesn't know all these mad motions. Like the wavy finger and like he pushes Aye. your forehead, doesn't he? And stuff. I'm like, it does my brain in. Get me so far to fuck man. I kid you not. Is that the fellow who looks like the scat man? He's got Aye. the tash. <laughs> fucking righty tash. <laughs> A <laughs> <laughs> uh, question flying in here, actually, Andy, from Doubles and Trebles. That's Smido. He's in the chat, at least. He says, say Fury does oh. retire. Who has retired on the best Wembley moment, Fury or Froch? Fury. Ended it early and did it in front of 94,000. Froch only did 80,000, so levels to this game. There's levels to well, this game. What the call, Smido? Who's on the call? Is, who's on the call? Did one of the Alphabet people join us? That's Eddie the Hitman. That's uh, got to be the main man himself. For Mr. Rapping Rob Kelly, I would imagine. Good evening, Rob. How are you? Evening, Eddie. Evening, Ed. <laughs> Where not? are you, Rob? Uh, I don't think I'm that's... Fucking... I'm in a castle on the hill. <laughs> did, did you get sent to jail last night at the Ed Sheeran show and you're just getting home now? He wishes he was. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm in, the, I'm in a car. I'm Properly in a few minutes there, just under the check in. Um, can you hear me though? No, or no, or yeah. better, just better. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, say Fury does retire. This is for Spiddle. Say Fury does retire. Who has retired on the best moment at Wembley? Fury or Froch? Mm-hmm. Well, Speaking of gingers in front of fucking 80,000, like back from the Ed Sheeran show, I missed the fucking fight. Had a little whizzy wig going. I didn't actually miss the fight. I just missed the knockout. I had a, I had a whizzy wig uh, stream going on the, on the phone uh, in the lap there. So I was watching. I missed the ring walks. Saw that the fight was a bit fucking messy, but didn't miss much because I called the fucking thing exactly how it was going to go. I even think I even called a shot on the round. So am I top of the prediction league or what the fuck? Does it count for nothing? No, you um, picked you picked the first half of the you picked the second half of the fight mate for the knockout. So did me bollocks. I said six to seven round and it's gonna be an uppercut. That's a load of me fucking. Ah, uh, but the sixth round wasn't ended. Ah, me ass. <laughs> Dillian can come again then, Rob or what? Jade can. Well, Jade can. So um, I think look, I like Dillian White. Like I, as a as a guy, I think he's a he's a top lad, a great lad. Um, and I think he's fucking over. I've said a million times. I think he's overachieved and over earned for a fella of his level. But to, like none of the panel, this doesn't apply to any of the panel because we all call the Fury stoppage. But to the people who thought that Dillian White had a chance in the fight, I don't really know whether they're just doing it because they don't like Fury or they just want to be controversial or just have the that have that opinion called if there is an upset. But like White would have had to do. So much shit that he's never ever done before against any other opponent, and then do it against an opponent that's better than all the guys that he's fought in order to get the win. You're not knocking Fury out, and you're not outboxing him. And even I thought White tried to mind game Fury with the, you know, not turning up at the best conference, and I think that was all a bit of mind games and shenanigans, like as well as the, the kind of uh, the, the, the shit that was going with it, like, but just psychology of Tyson, right? They didn't have any kind of interactions in the build-up, right? Apart from Zoom and a couple of, a couple of moments at the way-in. But look at look at the, the psychological blinder that Fiori played on him. He went out, did his warm-up box southpaw for the whole public workout, and then what the fuck can White do? Come out and try box southpaw for the first round. And what the fuck does that do to, to, to Fiori? Like, that's completely folded. Um, 
because there's no way that fucking Dillian White could sustain a southpaw attack like or whatever or be successful from that when he has the left hook of Joe Frazier, uh, as everybody keeps reminding us, the likes of the Gad and these guys. I think the Gad actually made up that rumor about Dillian White's left hook being so dangerous. Like he talks about it as if it's the fucking sword of Excalibur or something. Um, but no, I think like Fury, Fury um, did what he had to do. I thought he was gonna cut him up in bits with the jab. Um, and I could see the stoppage happening just from the from the the way that White has been floored by lesser opponents and that. Um, hold on there, one second. Actually, hold on, I'll come back to you there, one sec, one sec. Okay, Rob, no problem. All right, well, Rob's uh, disappearing off there. Andy, I don't he's know if you saw anything. Cookies this... at the drive-through. Oh, he's <laughs> cookies for his kids. Then if you saw anything this on Friday night, Andy, I was stuck at work, so I didn't manage to catch Paul Butler. He's supposed to fight Casemiro again. Casemiro didn't show. The WBO situation is up in the air because it was an interim title. He ended up beating this Jonas Sultan. I know Sam Maxwell lost on the undercard and all, but did you catch anything of Butler? Do we know anything about Casemiro? What's he playing at? I think Casemiro, I think word got out. I'm pretty certain it was Lomachenko's manager. He gets Clemus, I think, is Casemiro. I can't mind me, but I think word had got out that Casemiro had been using a sauna to try and make weight. Oh. Board found it and the kibosh that shit straight away. So don't know what's going to happen with the WBO situation with the belt. I don't know if it's an interim belt. They, they might order, they might somehow order the fight again. I don't know. But Butler, for the for the most part, was pretty much for what I saw of it anyway. He was he was pretty on point. Sultan was was very very strong. You see very very thick set about him. Um, tried did try coming to win it, but honestly, but Butler's boxing skills was just a different. You know, it's a different level to be honest with you, mate. Uh, fully deserved the win to be honest with you. Um, Dickens caught Geigo with a quality right uppercut, I think it was. Uh, oh, sorry, a left uppercut, sorry. Um, that, that knocked him out. And he even got a bad cut as well, Dickens. And I only saw the stoppage of Sam Maxwell getting, I think he got beat up in the corner just before the stoppage mm. came in. It was uh, for the IBO world title as well, vacant belt against Alejandro Menezes, Menezes, I think his name is. Didn't see um, Peter McGreal, I think uh, was it was Scouse Lomachenko. Um, did, didn't catch him, to be honest. I'll probably catch up um, later on. Uh, but, yeah, all in all, Butler, this is, we'd be disappointed, obviously, it was in the Casemiro fight, because obviously that was the one we were discussing last week. Um, just a wee bit, bit of shame, to be honest with you, it never came through. I was just wondering, was, was Sultan already on that undercard, to be honest with you? I just thought no, it was going to... I don't think he was. They must have drafted him over. But you mentioned about the saunas and all that. Didn't Butler have some issue with the saunas years ago? Do you remember yeah. he le- leaked out and hit one of his... I think it was actually him. One of his fights got kiboshed. Was it no Stuart Hall? Was it no, no fight Stuart Hall, no? I, I think mean. he was supposed to be fighting some Thai guy or something. Maybe right. someone in the chat can remember. Foz oh, got involved. Ah, that's right, because he, he, he cops some shit for that, didn't he? Know? Yeah, uh-huh. but, but he came down on top of him. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. They've used right. saunas to cut weight for years. What the, what's because the, the, the whole card, well, the, the, the board just is a big no-no, mate. A massive no-no for them, eh? But it's, um, I think the whole, did the whole card will get pulled? I can't remember Steve. it was a frank it was a frank card or something. If it was it? a frank card, I am I'm pretty certain it might have been pulled entirely. Actually, actually. speaking of Frank, while well, I remember it, Andy, Anthony Kakachi was supposed to be fighting Romero mm-hmm. on the undercard, but they couldn't get the visa through. I am flabbergasted that they couldn't get another opponent for Kakachi. And Frank's had trouble in the past with visas. There was Rigondo was supposed to come over and didn't. You remember Eric Pfeiffer had trouble getting a visa for Dubois? Why can't they get these visas sorted out in advance? And why couldn't they find an opponent for Kakachi after he trained for all that time? Well, maybe we've got admin problems inside me, or maybe they've left it too late to get a visa sorted out. When you consider that the home office is dealing with a shitload of applications for Ukraine, 
So that may have a, a burn on it that it maybe it's no classed as. Should have thought of Ukrainian. Well, it's probably low classes. You know, we've got obviously we've got a crisis going on just now, so obviously it might not be considered as maybe an emergency thing to deal with. I don't know. I mean, obviously we just don't know how long they've waited to apply for the visa. Where was the guy coming from, Steve? Actually, sorry. Uh, Romero, Venezuela, or Ecuador, Venez- somewhere like that. Venezuela. Yeah. So you think things like that would have been probably should have been in order like a month at least, you know, beforehand. If they left it late, then I'm not surprised. Um, you just know how these politic things can, you know, go about. Um, what was the other part of the question? Uh, I can't run. even remember, but I was going to say something. I remember Brian Peters back in the day. Somebody weighed in. I think it was D. Mitchell weighed in to fight Henry Coyle and then uh, pulled out on the Friday night, and they got an opponent for him in a Latvian on the Saturday morning. So uh, I think they could have, like you say, unless it was issues with paperwork, just how uh, keen were they to get an opponent for Kakachi? Uh, I thought they could have done. Well, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm maybe beginning to wonder now, because I, I, I think maybe this Sultan is maybe Casemiro's partner. I, I noticed Sean Gibbons in, in the ring there well after mm. the fight. So I wonder if maybe he was already over in the UK, working as maybe kind of like tapering off with Casemiro. Maybe he was even on standby in case shit happened. Because obviously, I mean, it was, remember, remember it, was, it was at least two or three weeks ago, when we, or maybe even longer than that, actually, when we discovered that Casemiro was wanted for, for questioning in regards to that minor situation. Yeah, Andrew, think it says Andre had an issue with his passport too. Apparently, sorted for the Zach Parker fight, oh, though. Rob, ah, uh, well, no, let's hope that fight takes place. Come on, Andre, we need you over here. Rob's back with us. Rob, what about Fury going forward? Do you think he'll jack it in or uh, take on the likes of Usyk or somebody else? Rob, Robert, are you there? Can you hear okay. me, Matty? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. What's going on with Rob? Let me try and... Rob, you there? Don't seem to have Rob, unfortunately. <laughs> that is a shame. Oh, he disappeared. Let's see if he comes back on again. Right, I'm going to draw attention to this. It's uh, one of my stupid things. But Damien Jonak was fighting last night in Poland against Andrew Robinson. This is an under-the-radar trilogy for me. Robinson from Wolverhampton fought for the British title before. I think he might have fought for the European title as well. Uh, they settled their beef uh, last night with a unanimous eight-round decision in favour of Jonak. They fought three times, these. Robinson won in April 2019 by a split decision. They then had a rematch. Majority draw, it was, in November 2021. And six months later, finally, Jonak has defeated his nemesis, Andrew Robinson, in part three of the trilogy with an eight-round unanimous decision. So that was a bit of a strange one turning up there. Fair play to Mr Robinson, getting him three paydays in a row. Let's see if we can get Rob back on. Are you there, Rob? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, Gwade. Robert, oh. what's Fury going to do, do next? Sorry, I was cursing. I was cursing in the fucking background because I thought you couldn't hear me. I was talking. No about cursing, it. please, Rob. Um, it's a family show. I know, yeah. Oh, colour, colour me cynical, Stephen. Um, I don't remember any of this retirement talk before uh, the sanctions were imposed on Kinahan and uh, his assets were frozen in the United Arab Emirates. I don't remember. No, he might have done that in the build-up. I know he flirts with the retirement talk. But he seemed very defi- definite uh, that it was all over very um, shortly after those uh, announcements were made. Now, maybe, as I said last week, the block is hot. Um, I think we'll have another fight, dude. I don't, and, even, and even if that's not the reason, I could be just being completely sceptical. And cynical. obviously, DK is a legitimate businessman and all those allegations are just allegations at this stage. Um, 
I do think he'll have another fight. I think if you're, if I think the only fight, I don't think he'd be in a hurry to come back and fight Usyk. It's a bit of a high risk, low reward for him because he's and it's not a good class of styles for the for the casual fans to draw them in. Like they'd much rather see fucking Fury versus Killian White, bizarrely enough as that is. Um, but I think if AJ was to somehow squeak past Usyk, um, he'd be back in a heartbeat. Uh, because that, that fight, I think, still generates that kind of money, especially if Fury's gone off the landscape. It probably doesn't sell a little bit, sell as much as it would now with Fury being the dominant heavyweight and AJ kind of being um, perceived as on the slide by the public. Like, I don't think it's probably, it, it's kind of a little bit past the sell by, sell by date. If AJ was to go out and start Usyk, I think that Fury fight, everybody's, everybody would call in AJ the, the rightful heavyweight champion, blah, 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 and I think it's Fury back. Um I have to say, as a fighter, I think Fury has been fantastic, fantastic, especially since he since he made his comeback uh, when he lost all the weight and everything, um, and especially since he's gone with Sugar Hill and Andy Lee, the improvements that he's made to everything because he was a bit like hit and miss before that, wasn't he? Like he's like you he wouldn't get up in the middle of the night to watch him, but he's been um, all kind of action since then. Uh, very exciting. Uh, I think he had showed shades of again boxing the back foot last night, which we know he can do. But I think as a fighter, he's been fantastic. And if he was to retire undefeated, I wouldn't begrudge him anything. I know he's a polarizing character. I mean, people, you know, he's got a controversial um, association with Kinahan. He's had a controversy in the past regarding the wild boar and all kinds of shit. He's probably not Mary Poppins. I don't want to break it to anybody. He's probably, he has, I think, you know, people are always trying to kind of say, well, oh, Fury's like he's a... You know, he's a mental health advocate and he's a born-again Christian, but he hangs out with DK. How could this be? Well, like, he's, he's you know, probably both. You know what I mean? I don't think he's necessarily Mary Poppins. He might he might have a, a dagger side to him or whatever. But as a fighter, I think he's been sensational. And if this is the end, he's been the one that's provided the most blockbuster entertainment over the last five years, I'd say, in the sport. So best of luck to him if he does retire. And he has been great. For, I think overall he has been great for the sport, regardless of where you stand on the whole MTK thing. We've kind of done that to death at this stage, but um, I would uh, I'd wish him all the best in retirement. But I don't think I don't think this is the end. I do think we see Fury back. Well said, Rob. Agree with Rob there. Nothing's black and white in boxing or in life. Everything is shades of grey. Uh, saw Rung Vizai's back next weekend in action up at Bantamweight in an eight-rounder against Suryan Saturn. Not really sure what's going on with Mr. Saw Rung Vizai, but hopefully he'll be back in title contention soon. Andy, I believe there was a German card on last night that you were partaking in. Yeah, I was going through Tim Boxeo's uh, stanza schedule, so I was just looking for the free stuff during that abysmal undercard on the uh, on Frank show. Um, just uh, just on the Daniel Kinahan situation, I did notice during this card actually that you know those um, advertisement Toblerones you get at ringside or just running about the edge of the ring. Mm. I did see the name Probellum make an appearance, not just that mm. on the actual ring canvas itself. Uh, you know. Inside the square circle, it's actually got a uh, combat chain Bitcoin uh, <laughs> advertisements as well. So, Mr. Kinahan's got his uh, or his people, his empire have got the their dibs into the German scene as well. Purely so, coincidental, Andy Shula. Yeah, of course, mate. I, you know, obviously, it's just there's, not, there's nothing untoward here whatsoever. But uh, just on that card, actually, I did notice one of Frank's fighters, uh, Jeremiah Spons, was on it. The big banging Argentinian, he'd be fighting in Germany with the last couple of fights, I think, smashed up a fat, short, Georgian, I think it was, totally shit fight, 
um, I kind of had to go and find that actually because it was like a five-hour car that involved amateur fights. I never watched in, you know anything close to all, all that, but I was just wanting to see that kind of porn fight. That's when I kind of picked up on it. So Mr. DK has got his money in Kazakhstan, Bitcoin, Combat Chain, Germany, Dubai, Holland, all air gaff, all air gaff. Fair play to the boys, doing well out there. Let's get on to next week's action. Lots of Bellew of the Week, so we're going to fly through the previews before we get on to Bellew of the Week for episode 471. Rob's here with us, Matty, Andy, and me, Steve. Only one place to start. It's over in New York with a fan favourite herself. We were all nervous. We were all praying today. But what was it like moments before this Olympic final for you? Were you really nervous? I uh, just want to thank Natasha for the great fight. <laughs> It's a great, great opportunity and very some place to have a great <laughs> fans' favourite, Matty. A favourite of yours, indeed. I love, I, love, I love the interview there where he's trying to put across, you know, it's a Tony's voice. He's trying to sound all sweet and lovey dovey type of shit. I thought it sounded kind of weird. The interviewer is a guy called Marty Morrissey, Andy, who was once right. described as being too ugly for TV, but alas, he's still here, is Marty. Uh, a bit like, what's your name, Howard Cosell? Not very photogenic. <laughs> he, he, he just has like a very light and friendly voice. He sounds like he should be running a fucking candy shop on the corner. A, fa- a face built for radio, basically. <laughs> yeah, a face built for radio. Yeah, Matty, um, you're into the, the female action of the pugilistic variety. On the undercard, first of all, we've got a bit of Galal Yafai, a bit of Khalil Co, a bit of Franchon Cruz de Zern. There's four titles on the line there, Austin Williams as well. And an intriguing fight for Ames, if nobody else, between Jesse Vargas and Liam Smith. But we're all here for the big one. Katie herself, 20-0 against Amanda Serrano, 42-1-1, WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO, the battle for undisputed at lightweight. I fancy Katie myself in more ways than one. Who's coming out on top of this one? Well, it is one of our uh, fights to pick this week, uh, that one and uh, Liam Smith against Jesse Vargas. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, Steve. This, this oh, show sure is... a wank picks you've picked this week, <laughs> The odds are closer on that one than they are on Shakur Stevenson, Oscar Valdez. So you can lick my ball sack. Um, Anyhow, uh, getting to those without ball sacks, uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Um, So the way I'm looking at this fight going is... How do you know? They might own their their men's ball sacks for all you know. Well, they they clearly at least identify as women. So, um... (laughs) God damn you, Andy. Um... (laughs) I feel like I'm at the Mad Hatter's tea party here. It's real, yeah. It's a fucking acid trip, Holmes. It's an acid trip every week. Um, so th- uh, Amanda Serrano comes up really, really aggressive in the first round, and if she doesn't get her opponent out of there, she takes it back a little bit, and she'll box a bit more, and then turn it up later. Uh, and uh, but during those rounds when she's when she's not necessarily going uh, just uh, crazy on on her opponent, she does still invest in the body, and I think that's something that you have to remember in this fight. Is yeah, it might be ten twos, but we have seen. Um, uh, Katie Taylor looking uh, pretty ragged in the later rounds, um, particularly against Pursun. Um, and it's, but the the thing that Katie did, uh, that excuse me that Amanda does that that could be interesting and and Taylor may take advantage of, especially early, is when Amanda's going in and going for the body, she does tend to get low and get a bit lungy. And I think with Katie's straight punches, she'll be able to take advantage of that early. And I wouldn't be shocked to see her actually drop, not necessarily hurt, but drop Serrano early in the fight. 
Um, but as the fight progresses, um, I think Taylor is going to control it kind of early, getting into the mid rounds. And it's all about if someone gets into that six to four range. Um, although um, uh, um, Amanda Serrano has become the favorite for the betters in this fight, it opened up with uh, Katie Taylor as the favorite. Um, and it's one of those fights that's kind of moving a little bit. Um, so it, there's not consensus on this at all. But the way that I kind of see it is that it's that whoever picks up, it, it might be one more round. It might be a knockdown or something like this. But this fight, if it goes to the cards, is going to be narrowly, narrowly separated. And Taylor is the favorite um, uh, as far as uh, the outcome. Taylor by decision, most likely outcome, followed by Serrano. By decision, dot my knockout, which might surprise some people with uh, Amanda's um, very strong knockout record. Uh, but I, I think what you're going to see down the stretch as Katie slows down is the story of this fight is Amanda is going to go downstairs and then she's going to be bringing that right hook over the top. And she's going to hurt Taylor at points in this fight. Do not kid yourself. And I think this is definitely going to be harder than the Pursuit fight. Um, and I am I'm personally... Going with uh, Amanda Serrano by a stoppage in Ooh. the ninth round. Uh, you think in ninth, tenth round. Um, but I will also be pitching a few bucks on a draw on this fight because if nobody gets knocked down, this could be a very close fight on the cards with one fighter clearly controlling the early parts and another one clearly controlling the late parts. I really think this is a fight of two stories and it's all about how much gas Katie can preserve and how much power Amanda's going to have late. Uh, but yeah, I'm going Serrano by stoppage in this one, uh, but I don't say it with a great deal of confidence. Um, this is a true pick em fight. Great night for women's boxing. And uh, after you guys give your give your picks, I'd love to touch on uh, the undercard a little bit. Rob, I've made my feelings known on women's boxing. I think this is a great night for women's boxing. Give me the good fights with the big names and I'll be interested. I was interested when Katie fought Delphine Pursuit. I'm interested in the quote against Savannah Marshall more than anything else. And I am interested in this fight, Katie against Serrano. I don't think people are as interested in the wider boxing or sporting community as Eddie would have you believe. But I think it's a fight that needed to happen, Rob. And I'm team Katie on this one. I've got her on points. What do you think? Who are you going for, Bob? I think we all know how I go for this one. Yeah, I've been searching for Serrano, beating up her sister. Now it's time to put it to the bed. No, um, I I don't know. I I kind of I agree with both of you. Like I think um, I probably have never seen a round of an Amanda Serrano fight. So how the fuck would I know how this fight's going to go? No, I'm joking. Um, I think um, I think I'd agree with Maddie to a point. I think Katie, and I said it before on the pod. I think Katie's uh, extensive amateur career is kind of coming back to haunt her in the last while. Why is she still going as a pro? I don't know. She's kind of achieved everything there is to achieve. What's this like? Is this going to be a unified title for the women? Who gives a fuck? Like, she's won world titles. She's won Olympic gold medals. She put women's boxing on the map, so to speak. Really, Katie Taylor single-handedly, like she, she, her, her achievements at the the World Amateur Games were heavy, uh, deciding factor in making women's boxing an Olympic sport. So, and definitely her success in that Olympics inspired the likes of Kelly Harrington to go and, and win a medal um, after her, and some of the the UK Olympians as well. She's been a fantastic ambassador of the sport. I have a feeling this could be her last race. Um, 
not 100% sure which way the result's going to go. It's in New York as well. I don't know, like, is it going to be a partisan Katie Taylor crowd in New York? Possibly with all the Irish there, I don't know. Like, but I think Amanda Serrano will put a few asses in seats as well. Um, I think there might be a bit of con- be a bit of controversy around this one, kind of like the first person one. Um, you know, I don't want to be to, to, to get uh, sentenced to fucking jail for committing treason by being an Irish man going against Katie Taylor. But I thought Persoon uh, won one of those fights. I can't remember which one it was that I was watching, but I uh, definitely thought she was lucky to get the decision on one of the first cards. one, Rob, which yeah. was also in New York. Yeah, yeah. So, so she, she probably, I think if it's a tight decision, she'll probably edge it. Um, so I'm going to go with Katie on, on points. Um, the, but people that watch the sport do talk very highly of Amanda Serrano, but I can't give you much of an opinion on her because I haven't seen her, so I'm just going to edge to Katie Taylor on points on. Yeah, and I'm the same, actually. I wasn't there. I was there the night Katie beat her sister, Cindy Serrano. Cindy took up a beating, so there's, there's clearly chins, there's clearly beards in the Serrano family anyway. I don't really rate Amanda that much, as in she's won all these titles at different weights, but... I'm just not sure how good she is, Andy. So for you and the boxing public, I've done a little bit of homework here. And let's go through uh, some uh, previous opponents of Amanda Serrano just to bring you up to speed. So first of all, she went in with Brittany Cruz here. Brittany L. Cruz, a.k.a. Pretty Girl. Uh, not too bad there, Andy. 12 and 13, two draws as well. Old Brittany from Colorado. So that's a previous uh, opponent there. I raise you the Predator, 18, 19 and 3. Olivia Garula, 42 Point years two. young, no doubt. She went the distance with with Amanda, I believe. She was 20, 20 able to first ranked, um, what is twenty first ranked super featherweight in the world of one hundred and seventeen. She's doing well. She's doing well, but it's it's getting better as we speak here. We've got Jamila Gonteruk, aka the Pitbull, coming in at number twenty three from Belgium. What about the Pitbull, Andy? You wouldn't want to tangle with her, would you? Yeah, but she's not got a couple P and Pitbull, mate. So I don't know, how, you know, how strong she is to be honest with you. Seven know? percent knockout ratio. <laughs> From yeah, Shawa. yeah, Shawa. Um, and of course, she is like the n- number one Belgian female fighter of one. Oh, well, what about the number one of one Hungarian here? I tell you what, sealed with a kiss, Adina Kiss, aka DNA. She's 15 and 15 currently. She was undefeated when she went in against Mar- Mar- Amanda. You wouldn't want to tangle with her, Andy. I say she'd knock your bollocks in a word. Yeah, but well, I probably let her date makes him. I don't get into that, but I want. I really so, interested about the DNA alias, to be honest with you. But again, um, Hungary have no actually got a lot of female fighters in that weight division because she's number one off one. What do you think, uh, Matty Budapest's finest here? Are you ready to defend her? No, but I think there are some people on Amanda's uh, on Amanda's resume that you're probably skipping over. But uh, continue with what you're doing for for, for comedic value. You know what about this uh, young lady from Kenya, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fatima Zarika? Is this <laughs> a, a fine young woman who fought Amanda back twice? To, uh, twice back. To... <laughs> you know, it's just based on looks alone. I'm going to say that's a quality victory by Amanda. That's a bloke. <laughs> There's no woman got 17 knockouts on the record these days, man. 17 that knockouts like on the trans- record. That, that is a transgender. It's going to be. <laughs> Amanda has 30 knockouts on her record, Andy. Aye. Matty, let's get to this. Amanda Serrano, right? I do, I'm, I'm going to, like, like Rob, I'm going to hold my hands up to state that I have not watched a great deal of her, right? Talks a good game. I hear she's a decent fighter. But she's the Miguel Cotto of female boxing. She wins vacant belts, doesn't she? 
And she's won it. She's weight hopped. She started at featherweight. She didn't bantam weight. I don't know if she didn't flyweight. She's weight hopped, right? I, I'm going to say Taylor wins by decision. Um, I think she's bigger, um, more experienced. Obviously, as well, that 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 the hard amateur career could maybe catch up with her at some point. But I just think she's 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 better, to be honest with you. And I expect her to win and win well, um, unless you know. On the night, it's it's no longer there, and she, she you know she's probably washed. But Serrano, as I say, is she, I've I've got not not really much to kind of base it on, mate. To be honest with you, because I I just don't watch a lot of women's boxing unless it's a you know a topish fight. Um, I still believe Taylor's levels above her. To be honest with you. Vacant, so vacant belts, Matty. Vacant belts. She's the Miguel Cotto of fucking women's boxing. Sorry, mate. Yeah, does that say, does that prove her ability necessarily, Matty, or is it to do with the weakness of the divisions? You're the women's boxing connoisseur. I'm just asking the question. I, I, you get I, Stacey I, Smith on here to talk about women's boxing. Now. <laughs> I, I think you have to take you have to just kind of take it based on what's available, right? Mm. I, when you have a limited talent pool, you have limited numbers. You take the fights and the opportunities that are available that uh, that. That will either make you money or will put you in the path to make some money. Um, Rob wondered earlier why Amanda would even take this fight. It's because this is her biggest payday to date. This is one of the few fights that she has that. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. I was saying why is Katie still fighting? That's what I was saying. Basically, I was I was saying why hasn't Katie retired yet? Like, no, exactly. Well, yeah. Why would she? Ta- why? Why she would not retire because she needed this money fight. Maybe, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. Like, I would have thought she'd made decent money, like, but maybe maybe this is a, like, is Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor a big money fight? I don't know, man. What's the purpose for this fight? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder what they would be getting, seriously. A few hundred grand or what? I mean, I have no idea. I thought it was getting, uh, I thought it was getting close to over, I think it was over half a million each fight. Because uh, America usually mm-hmm. does release but the purses are, eh? That'd be good money if they were getting it. Um, yeah, Katie points for me, Matty, if you're totaling up the predictions, by the way. Let's see here. It says, Jake Paul claims Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano will earn seven-figure purses when they clash on April 30th. No, I'm not, I'm not sure. Nah, I'm I'd, 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 I'd need to see that. I, I wouldn't believe that now. Just is, saying, Jake, is Jake Paul involved in this by any chance? Oh, that's right. Jake Paul is paying the fucking wages first. So no, that probably is a pay day then. Ah, get that, Jake Paul. Go up. <laughs> Uh, and Michael yeah, I... Thompson says both getting seven figures, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying here, Jake Paul promises Amanda Serrano and Kate Taylor over one million fight purse for the upcoming fight in April. I split between them, probably. Yeah, possibly. I was going to say that, actually. But then, is, is it on pay-per-view over in America, Matty? No, nah, it's the zone. Is it? But the zone's got pay-per-view in America, haven't they? Fucking dead. Yeah, but I don't think this one's going to no, be on no, no pay-per-view on the zone. Fuck pay-per-view. Pay-per-view is dead, man. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Sorry, sorry. Ethan Ed. Ethan Ed. What was I going to say to you, by the way? Jake Paul running scared from the ghost. Tommy, Tommy Fury. Fuck <laughs> me, man. Fuck I tell you me. what, right? John Fury is going to pull his hamstring with the amount of people in the boxing world that he's going to have to run after to confront um, about saying that Jake Paul's going to beat Tommy Fury because they were all out last night. Everybody on Twitter was saying, I don't give a fuck, Jake Paul beats Tommy Fury, man. So John Fury's going to be fucking doing the rounds, confronting people, talking about people beating his son. I fight him, man. 
absolutely. John, he doesn't say that from the John start, Fury's, man. John Fury's arse went when Dylan White called him the fucking Steve Bunce. Brilliant, that, that was, wasn't it? That brilliant. was brilliant, man. That, that, was Dylan White's, that was Dylan White's biggest punch of the weekend. Best punch of the weekend, <laughs> Dropping it on John Fury. Tremendous. Uh, John Fury. I John Fury. Man. John Fury. Fury. Well, Andy, leave the impressions to the experts. There's a there's a there's oh, John no. Fury impersonator no, coming up later. Not hilarious. No, he isn't hilarious. It was like as I say to uh, Dave Lee, I've had bunny boilers more hilarious than that fucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, right. So everybody, uh, everybody's got their picks in. You are you going for Katie as well, Andy? Are you? Yeah, Katie on points, mate. Katie on points. Rob, who are you going for? Katie points, or are you going for Serrano? I, I'm. <sighs> I'm going to go Katie points because I think it's going to be her last fight. There's going to be a bit of air of sentiment, uh, but I'm going to say Serrano's going to give her a right fight. I wouldn't be surprised either way who gets now, but I think Jake Paul putting on the card and all that. Like, pff, I don't know, actually. Do you know what? I might change me. Pick- nah, fuck it. I go Katie points. Be all right. I don't care. This prediction league is fucking up my podcast, by the way, because now I'm thinking about the results rather than... I'm the whatever. same. I'm the same. That's fuck why I don't like doing it. All three you of you are... watching t- the fights, man, thinking about the prediction league. Are, are all three of you Katie Taylor points? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's brutal because, as it says, there was one... Give me a second. There was one fight on this prediction league that I'm in, right? And it was a fight based in South Korea. And I'm, I'm hunting through Twitter... <laughs> Discord, try to find the fucking result for this thing, and then I found the YouTube link to it, so I'm fucking skimming, skimming through it, trying to find the result, and my guy lost on by fucking points. I took the other guy by fucking KO, raging. <laughs> Andy could catch him, the other one by decision, didn't he fucking fight? I got Nick Ball right by KO, I got Tyson Fury right by uh, by KO, and the guy in the zone in Italy, is it Ivan Zuko, I think his name was? Mm, yeah. He won by KO, so I got that one right. But I, what I'm saying is, when you get involved in these prediction leagues, you're like, right, okay, Fucking first thing Sunday morning, check the results. Ah, it's, like, it's, it's like the fantasy of, football, yeah. which I am terrible at, by the way, because I, I keep picking lads that I think will get on really well together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking, you sit looking at this shit, right? You're like, so you say, I got that wrong, got that wrong, got that right. And before you came here, before you even get up out of bed, you're like, ah, I'm fucking raging. That's, that's what I said. See, the, what does the prediction mean? It's not telling you anything. Last week I said fucking Fury's going to beat him up for the whole fight and he's going to stop him with, he's going to knock him out with an uppercut in round six or seven. And because I was pushed for an answer, I had to fucking say seven and the round doesn't, now I, my fucking points are gone, even though I fucking... I got a point, Rob. I got a point for all of that Fuck ordeal. Fuck this prediction. Which still was tied with Steve. <laughs> two points behind Hang you, on Andy. here. Listen, listen. As if our prediction league wasn't bad enough, Joe oh. Kennedy, friend of the pod, has started a boxing nutters group prediction league. There's about 30 of them in it. And we've also got put into it as well. So you're actually struggling in two prediction leagues. Who are these bastards, by the way? Get a life. Get a life having a box of nutters messenger group that I'm not in. You've got me me a list of Oscar Schindler kicking about here just now. That's two leagues you've got to worry about now, Andy. That's what you get to go to see Ed Sheeran, you fuck. Evening, Ed. Outrageous, man. Oh, Steve, play, 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 you talk about expert opinions and hard-hitting analysis. Play Rob that video for Eddie Hearn. I don't keep here at the time. Oh, Eddie, I'll have to be uploaded, Andy. I had to de- oh, sorry, delete mate. it because I've got too many things on you, so... All right, no worries, mate. Yeah, don't no worries. worries. I'll try and I'll get send it. I'll send it out to you. You can catch it up later. Yeah, yeah. Matty, what was the other fight in the prediction, sorry? The other one on that one is going to be Liam Smith against Jesse Vargas. Ooh, go on then, Matty. Take it away. 
Yeah, it's it's you know it, the only reason I chose this one is because the odds in the books are closer uh, than uh, Shakur Stevenson Oscar Valdez, although that one's more meaningful. Um, so the way and uh, you know I'm looking at this one, I'm just I'm wondering if Jesse Vargas at his best can't outbox Liam Smith. Just a little bit of movement, straight punches, um, work it around the ring. But I mean, this is at 154 pounds, and I always thought that Vargas was even better suited for 140. I mean, we could be shocked like when Saddam Ali beat Miguel Cotto, but man, for me, I just, I really think this guy's going too far. And although he's, he's shown himself to be a tough, tough guy uh, who can take a punch, um, I, I, I'm just thinking Smith by stoppage on this one. Ooh, interesting. Uh, it depends what state they're both in. Smith looks good at a certain level. It'll certainly be competitive. It all depends on what kind of shape Vargas is in. Let me just check when he last fought, actually, Vargas. I know he was running from office. Yes, he hasn't fought Mike, Mikey Garcia over two years ago. I was going to go for Vargas on points, Andy, but given that, he's really been inactive and rusty, so... Kind of might have to side with Smith. I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, I was I was saying that a couple of weeks ago, mate, when it was mentioned that obviously Vargas has been semi-retired, doing other things outside the ring. Smith's been active at least, got, coming off a good win off well, a win over Anthony Fowler. I did I did think he, he could have won the Kurbanov fight if he just stepped it up a wee bit and let maybe let some left hooks go. Um, that said, I think Smith wins on points, purely the fact that he's active he's, he's been taking shots I just think Vargas as Matty says as well, I, I remember Vargas fighting on those Mayweather undercards, I'm sure it was even at 140, even then possibly that's where he should be and Smith's been comparing at 154 for the best part of his career I think so uh, I'm interested to kind of measure up the sizes but certainly I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Smith but I'm not really over enamoured with the fight to be honest with you. I don't think it does anything for any of them to be honest, it keeps it Smith a payday I suppose Vargas is he even ranked at this point? I mean, what is what is the what's the carrot dangling for these guys other than a payday? No, he's is not it, ranked is, is it, anywhere, some, Andy. On, no. no. Sometimes I think when Eddie makes these fights, he just pulls fucking two names out of different fish bowls. Yeah, possibly. I uh, usually fish just... bowls from about ten years ago. Despite <laughs> got Vargas is one of the ones that that fucking but, that Eddie always uses as a go-to name, like as if he's some fucking big draw that he's going to bring to the UK that he never brought to the UK, isn't he? Like, was Vargas not one of the names he signed at, uh, at the Zone launch? Or am I That's what I'm saying. Launch? But uh, everybody has been linked with Jesse Vargas at one stage. It hasn't has yeah. like it's like the fucking Madeline McCann case. He's fucking. He's li- there's a link. There's a link to Jesse Vargas somewhere. <laughs> Everywhere, but he's never <laughs> oh, fucking fighting. Yeah, every time, every time, every time Vargas makes the step off, uh, step up, he falls just short. He's a good fighter. I think he had a good result a couple of years ago. What was the one where he almost got a win? Where he Tim Bradley. <laughs> Tim Bradley. Yeah, yeah, he landed yeah, he one hurt, good punch. He hurt Tim Bradley with one shot, and then he lived off that for a couple of years. Exactly. Um, Celebrated uh, like he fucking won the fight. The country with that I, shot. I'm gonna go Liam Smith stoppage on this. I, I I think he's been more active. I think he looked good against uh, against CBZ Kida. So I'm gonna go for Beefy Smith, which is something you're not gonna hear that often on this podcast. Anyway, certainly coming from Rob Kelly, but I think out of the Smith brothers, uh, Beefy was the best of them. He's and he's got a mean streak to him. And anybody that'll tell you different. Um, hasn't seen the Jimmy Kelly fight where that was a total mismatch and he absolutely fucking smashed him up in, in a savage and brutal fashion. So I think if he gets a chance, I think Vargas's inactivity is going to play, play a factor and I think uh, Smith's still a little bit heavy-handed. Plus, Jesse Vargas is no way a fucking 54-pounder. Absolutely no chance. So he's a blown-up welterweight fighting and active 
I'm more active Liam Smith and he might have a bit of a, a, be the, a bit of the fucking renaissance man Liam Smith and win by a stoppage yeah Jack WD mentioned the Alec Verdier fight you're going back a while then I, I seem to believe it was quite a close fight it could have gone either way I know Vargas got it but yeah that, that was a tough one I veered all over the place here, Matthew. Some of the, some of the fights he remember some of the fights he used to fight in the Mayweather on their cards were awful. Mm. Always, always go a distance, no excitement, just shit. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the record at first of all when the fight got put together, Matthew, and I thought, oh yeah, definitely Vargas. But then he's up high in weight. When was his last decent win? Taking that zone money out the ring for two years hasn't uh, you know he's been involved in politics and everything. And Smith, on the other hand, tough competitive loss to Cabanov could have gone either way if he was at home. Stop mm. Fowler. Smith for me, definitely. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Smith stoppage as well, Matty. Oh, all right. Andy's the only one thinking it goes to the cards. There we are. Uh, also, are we? also on that one, that card, Steve, uh, the mm. uh, the fight between Franchon Cruz, Desern, and, and uh, Aline Siros. Um, it's for all the marbles at 168. Um, and, and it's actually kind of an interesting fight. You know, Cruz, Desern. Um, lost her debut fight to Clarissa Shields in her debut, um, and then he's, she's come back, reeled off uh, seven street wins, and then but there was no contest uh, along the way, and I can't remember the story on that one uh, as well. That was a couple fights back, but I'll tell you, watching tape on this gal, she's got a really sneaky right hand, Steve, and it's it's not predictable, it's not telegraphed whatsoever, and when I watch some Sajiros. Um, she definitely can get caught from with a quick right hand from short range, and uh, I'm looking at I'm looking to see if uh, odds come out on this one that uh, that look interesting because I really think that Cruz Desern is going to to really put uh, a good wop, wallop in on Sajiro. So I'm not going to say she's going to stop her by any stretch, but um, you know because ten twos that's a rare it's a rarity, but um, I, I do think that uh, this is going to be a, a good fight, but I think Franchon Cruz Desern is going to kind of con- continue her, her little kind of fairy tale story. You know, you kick off just being cannon fodder for the quote and uh, you keep working and you start winning. And uh, now you're fighting to be the unified champion at 168 pounds. It's very cool. You wouldn't mind being cannon fodder for the quote, Matty. She'd crush you with M-thos. Jesus Christ. I'd be destroyed. Glorious destroying from the quote. She's been informed on Twitter as well. Final one of the evening then for us. Uh, Saturday the 30th of April, MGM Grand, Las Vegas, Nevada. Bob Arum's back in action. Oscar Valdez, 30-0, going in against Shakur Stevenson. 17-0 WBC and WBO titles are on the line. Stevenson pushed for this fight, Matty. He wanted it. Hopefully he carries that same energy throughout his career. I only see it going one way, although it'll be tough. It'll be competitive. Uh, what's your verdict on Stevenson Valdez? You just have to think that Stevenson has plenty to beat Valdez. Also, when you look at how we have to consider uh, Valdez's win over Burchelt now, after seeing him just get demolished by Nakatila, uh, there's obviously more question marks that, uh, about the quality of that win now. And it took him quite a few rounds. You know, Burchelt's a tough guy. So how big of a puncher is Valdez? Um, uh, you know, what, what skills does he really bring to the ring against high-level opposition? Uh, so I, I'm going with Shakur Stevenson on this one uh, on points. Um, it's going to be a rarity when this guy gets a stoppage. But I do think there's a chance, since Valdez is there to be hit, that he could cut and bruise him up a little bit, and there could be um, a mercy stoppage towards the end of the fight. But my hunch is uh, Shakur Stevenson, 117 to 111 kind of area. 
Sounds about right to me, Andy. Uh, Valdez going to be juiced up, ready to throw those PED bombs. He's going to come forward. He's going to be looking to land the big one. But I expect Shakur to box rings around him for the most part, with no uh, lesser try-in from Valdez, though, along the way. Yeah, I think Valdez is about for it, mate, to be honest. I was watching Top Rank have issued a couple of videos uh, regards to the build-up. So your man Valdez is going to be a bit kind of emotional, talking about the drug situation or the, the failed drug test, a few tears, uh, that type of thing. Just to know how it got there in the end, <coughs> but um, to be honest, I didn't really want to count Valdez out to be honest with you. But at the same time, as if you look at if you go back to try to remember the fight, I think it was at the Conti Sal fight. Um, obviously, the Burchell knockout was, was emphatic, it was a, probably one of the knockouts of the year. You should have lost to Conti Sal, I thought Conti Sal could have won that fight. Um, I mean, obviously, the drug situation uh, on the top of that as well. How did how did Valdez end that fight? He was, you know, his his tank was good. He was ending it. He was pressing it. He was trying to get the stoppage. So it does call into question. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he approaches this one. To be honest, as I said, I didn't really want to count, count them out. He's usually game. You know, he's had his jaw broken. He knows how to fight. But I just, I just think he needs to be slightly careful because what I've seen in Stevenson actually as well with, with the Jamal Herring fight was. Um, he seemed to kind of like want to stand in it just to kind of test him to see how he was. And if he kind of felt uh, that Heron didn't offer anything to him, to be honest with you. So if he's, if he is a wee bit kind of like over exuberant, shall we say, Valdez, he would be over eager to get his shots off. I think Stevenson will catch him with the kind of wide, uh, wide hooks he can kind of catch him. He's got far uh, back, uh, bigger uh, tricks about him than that as well. Right hand and uppercuts uh, as well. So I'm going to say. I'm going to say Stevenson, possibly. I want to say stoppage, but I'm going to say maybe something like eight to four for Stevenson. Um, but I think punching, counter-punching, fluidity, I, th- I think Stevenson can get them late. I'm going to say Stevenson by late stoppage. Ooh. Bump of K as well says Shakur going to beat Valdez up and get a stoppage. So he's in the same kind of. Bump of K. <laughs> 20 says chat by toss up. Uh, Yimmy Yappy says classic boxer versus puncher. Stevenson gets this done, but I don't see a knockout. Andrew Thicket says, I remember slightly talking down Stevenson on here. Warmed up to him now. Don't let me down. Shaq. And Bump of K, Rob, says Shakur is getting his man strength as well now. I think he definitely is. He's growing out. He's filling out. He might even move up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and he's um he's sparring with Crawford a lot, isn't he? He's spending a lot of time yeah, with Crawford, that's so right. that's going to set him in good stead. Um, I was telling you this before, wasn't I? Actually, I didn't know that I got some some close friends that are linked with Shakur Stevenson, and apparently behind the scenes, he is you know images can be what you call it uh, deceiving. Like we've kind of had a look at him on the gram and that before, and thought like maybe he's off the he's not living life, but apparently he fucking. Really, really lives the life. Really, really dedicated fella. Always wanting to learn more and testing himself and stuff. So fuck this prediction, Lee, because now it feels like I'm just saying that he's going to get stopped, because, or that he's going to stop Valdez because Andy said he's going to stop Valdez and I don't want to fuck up. This is part of the league, Rob. This is the fucking this way this league. goes. I hate this league. Like, I love the podcast. Too. I fucking hate the league. But I do think, uh, of course, Stevenson will get the job done within the distance. I think um, he looked super impressive the last time against Herring. Um and you know Steve mentioned he's filling out. I think he's getting more strength, and I think he might actually even cut Valdez in bits and break him down. By I, I'm going to say get him out of there before the ninth round. 
Stoppage for you for the prediction then, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Matt, he's done. Matt, I your first half set you have for here, by the way. Don't, yeah, fuck your half-point system. It's not I'm in gonna, the prediction. <laughs> oh, this is not in the prediction. Oh, well, fuck it then. Let's go in on it. I think um, I think that... Uh, Stevenson points in. No, yeah, no, no. No, I think Stevenson will shine. I think this is... I think you're going to see a couple of fights in a row here where you really see the best of Stevenson and... Talent-wise, I think he could be the best of the up-and-coming fighters or the, the ones that are yet to establish themselves as stars. Will he be a star? I don't know. He's a bit of a pain in the ass. I don't know if, he, if he'll um, if he'll cross over. I don't think he'll be a crossover star, but I think he will go on to have one of the better careers. Like Saying that, we could go quick at fucking ice next week. But I just don't see... I think Valdez will be a little bit slower in the exchange. I think Stevenson's combinations and that are just going to be too sharp. And his movement is great. And he has that bit of strength now as well. Um so, yeah, I just see this going one way, uh, kind of a one-sided beatdown by the end of it. I tell you what, I've not seen a lot of Valdez on Instagram, for example, posting up videos of him swimming with his crocodiles or his pet alligators. Maybe stop that shit altogether. <laughs> he breeds that, he breeds the things, so he must be... He breeds alligators? Ah, I honestly never seen that. <laughs> I think, I think, I think it, was, it came I, up on I, here before. I, yeah. I, I, I shit you not, this is 100% true. He used to post up videos on Instagram, I'll need to try and find them, right, of him swimming... Basically breeding these like young baby alligators up to like adults, and he's swimming in about the one of the circular pools with them. He's actually holding it in his lap and this type of bollocks. I'm like, fucking dude's gonna end up getting chewed to bits before he gets the world title fight. Somehow he survived this long. Yeah, it's like those fucking lion tamers. You just want the lion to bite them, don't you? Like, fuck yeah. them. Fuck being a why are you being that like? Be something else, though. Go be a security oh, guy. Did you, did you see Tyson and Joe Rogan talking about that by the way, but but he's tiger. No, I don't see it though. Oh, do you know, see it? Well, like, they're talking about you know, Rogan brought up this thing about a guy in New York who actually had a fucking pet alligator and a pet fucking tiger locked up in his apartment, and they were fucking fighting each other in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> like, oh, York, no, dude, that was just a fellow on PCP. I, have a <laughs> I, I wish that was the weirdest thing that I'd heard about reptiles in the last week. <laughs> I thought it'd be Eddie Hearn, baby. What's happening with him? <laughs> <laughs> them, them, Evening, Ed. Evening, boys. <laughs> them crocodiles wouldn't want to be biting Valdez though, Andy, with all the frigging PED shit he's on. They'd be like, nah, I don't like the taste of that fella. Well, mate, you're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about, you're talking about one of the ancient apex predators, but can you imagine him on the fucking juice? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, dear me. There we go. Uh, have you got all the predictions you need, Matty, yeah? I can't believe you didn't put Steve's yeah. Valdez right in. After all of that, you motherfucker. No, I told you guys earlier that these were the two in there. Yeah, I know, but I forgot about it because... Well, it's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, I know, but just fucking... I know. Yeah, well, you know, shit happens. Yeah, and I guess the only other thing on this card is Keyshawn, Keyshawn Davis that mattered. And, right? <laughs> I, that was, card, I couldn't find yeah. a box record right, on ESPN. It was on ESPN. It was, yeah, yeah, Keyshawn Davis is on there and Nico Ali Walsh. Is that it? Nico Ali Walsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's his, what's his backstory, this Nico Ali Walsh guy? Related to Billy Walsh. He's related to Joe Walsh. The Eagles are going to bring him out to, yeah. to the ring. Paul Walsh. Uh, Nigel yeah. Adams. Oh, can you imagine it, man? You have Tessator on comms, fucking just waxing lyrical. You have Kitty, Mark Kriegel, oh, stroking his goatee beard while fucking writing his wee notepad, giving us some sort of fucking sermon. Oh, <laughs> elite times, man. 
Tessa tour. I didn't hear any of the 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 that was on ESPN last night, was it in the states? Yeah, yeah. I, I I can imagine Bean, she didn't. Bean was yeah. on. I heard uh, Bean was on ESPN. Yeah. Bean, well, I seen him. I, I seen him. See if you go and what? watch. I want to hear us. Go watch. Check, yeah, go to the seconds out YouTube page. Right, they've, I'm sure they've got a link for the for the full post fight presser. Go towards maybe like the last five minutes of the, the, the actual video. You'll see Bean come into short, right? And he's trying to get into position up at the podium. And he's trying to like position, he's trying, he's practicing all these th- different posing moves and sitting and move the jacket to the side for the fucking camera. I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, come on. We know you like ketchup. <laughs> Bean! Bean! <laughs> Speaking of Bane, someone fished out this interview he was doing with Dean White. The facial expressions are class from Bane. I'm going to have to play it now. Bane White. <laughs> Bane, Bane White. <laughs> so I've literally come in and I've grabbed him and I've bent his arms and I said, mate, you better calm down, mate. And then he was still resisting, so I bashed him about on the post a little bit and then it kind of took the little fight out of him. And I said, listen, I'm going to hurt you. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Little Sid James up. laugh at the end. <laughs> Drink it all in there, eh? What the Oh, fuck's sake. Good old Bean. Right, Bean. Before, before we go on to Bellew of the Week, let's have a few questions and comments and whatnot. Uh, based after last week's, last week's escapades, Boxing Sam 27 says, is there a country David Diamante hasn't visited? He'll be in space next doing work for NASA. Well, I can guarantee he's probably been to Afghanistan. Right? I think he's uh, I think he's doing some work with Elon Musk, isn't he? Diamante. Aye. Musk, Aye. Musk. Uh, Elon, of course, Aye, he's wired to win, mate, right enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, Musk, it was, Musk is after buying shares in Twitter, isn't he? And he's going to regulate it. Like, apparently, he's uh, he's going to take porn off Twitter, isn't he? And a few other things. So, oh, I, I heard, that, you know the way he's like, well, you know the way he's mad at the tech, like, or whatever, he's mad at tech advanced Elon Musk. He's good at the old tech. Uh, he's going to have Ricky Gravels in trouble, man, because next time he posts on Twitter, a space rock is just going to come and collect him and beam him up and fuck him <laughs> off into the fucking stratosphere. There's no room for Ricky Gravel in the new Elon well, Musk mate, Twitter sphere. He's, he's in the stratosphere most of the time, I think, Rob, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> if they add Ricky to the, 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 the Notters group, <laughs> Who who would you take in a zero gravity fight between Canelo and Terence Crawford? <laughs> zero gravity. Gravity. <laughs> uh, in the metaverse, all plugged in. Oh, and re- this would be actually in space, like uh, like uh, you know, I probably uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos will put it on, you know, in some platform floating around. All the sheiks from Saudi Arabia will be there. Right, next next question. <laughs> Matty. Uh-huh. But you be smoking, mate. That's huh? no that sounds like I should be smoking heroin. Have you ever smoked opium? It's a pretty good time. <laughs> no. Uh, Dan White, anyone on the panel know of any brothers that have fought each other professionally? If not, yes. any cousins? Well, before you throw that in, Andy, I did mention to him back in 2006... There was a fight between Harry Duven Jr. and Harry Duven Sr., father versus son, <laughs> in Holland. Two fatties. The son knocked his dad out in round four. <laughs> it's true. It happened. I hope it's on YouTube. Oh my God. Fucking send those names to the chat, Steve. I got to <laughs> me. There's a fucking father son fighting Wexford every fucking day of the week. Oh, fuck, that's not so <laughs> I've seen that a million times. 
<laughs> this one's in a controlled environment and doesn't result in a head getting put through a wall, though, Rob. Well, every cloud. <laughs> Any from you, Andrew? Yeah, and I'm, I've been trying to think, mate, but I would need to go away and search it. It's two Japanese brothers, I believe, fought. I honestly forget brothers. their names. A couple of brothers. No black Britons, though. <laughs> but uh, no, a couple of Japanese blood brothers uh, had a fight, and I need to honestly go away and dig it out. It's not something I can actually just pull it back in my fucking head, to be honest with you. Um, I think it ended in the knock. I think one of them got knocked out, definitely. I'm sure it did. I'll go and pull it up. If I find it before the end of the show, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, I am trying to. Here we are. Uh, World, World Boxing News, Matty, was all over it. There we go. There's Harry Duvin Jr. and Harry C- Senior. Looked like he was in good shape anyway. Oh, jeez. That looks terrible. Like That I, That <laughs> looks more like a WWE uh, main event, you know? It only looked like Goldust than his son didn't know day in Exactly. <laughs> Dave Lee would be able to tell you better now. I don't know fucking much about the wrestling. But... It's, like, it's like the American Dream versus Dustin Rhodes in like, you know, 1998. Found it. Found it. So, brothers Kusio and Katasuke Yugechi set a rare precedent for the brothers who fought when they fought for the Japanese minimum weight title in 1993. National belt had become vacant. Um, boxer was on the verge of tears after KOing his own brother. I'm pretty certain it's on YouTube. Yeah, it is. So, we'll maybe a punch you for the past episode that one, Steve. Yeah, yeah, we should do that one, definitely. I don't have any brothers. I, I only have one sister, and she's 13 years older than me, so I'd favor myself to get the stoppage there if it ever comes. <laughs> <laughs> Question from Dan. Right, let's see what else we've got here. Michael Thompson threw in the final one here. Uh, Matty said, with Spence breaking <laughs> look, his opponent... Sorry, Steve. Bro- look what look fucking Ames just... Look, look what Ames just put up in the chat. <laughs> look what? The- <laughs> If you look at the chat, there's a lot of best cons. That fun for hot girls oh, and boys, Jesus 18 fuck. plus. Oh, do not hit that link, Baza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, but even Barry, I know you blocked me, mate. It's all about a banter at the end of the day. You're fucking showing you, you're, you're letting it fly. What about it? I know. I mean, listen, Rob, look, he's a 73 year old man, right? He needs a bit of stimulant to get it fucking gone a bit here, you know? Then when they put the hydraulics in, maybe give a heart attack or something like that, you know? Oh, fuck's sake. We come to that, I'm sure. Get the old Southeast Asian soft porn videos. That's what we all need. <laughs> look, look down for like two minutes looking up stuff. I look up and there's porn links. I think he, everywhere. I think, I think he actually knew a lad with an extensive tape collection, didn't he? Wasn't there? Anyway, let's oh, move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Everybody. <laughs> Just another That's one from the book. <laughs> <laughs> Three black oh, anyway, back to the serious stuff here, uh, Matty. Michael Thompson says, with Spence breaking another opponent's orbital bone, why do you think we're seeing this injury more often? And should fans be more understanding when boxers quit in the ring due to such a potentially life-altering and probably unbearably painful injury? I suggested to Michael that maybe with these brittle bones, these fighters weren't drinking their milk, or maybe some fighters were drinking some uh, hallucinogenic milk, maybe, just to pump them up a little bit. You're talking about like the milk at the uh, the, the acid at the acid bar in uh, uh, Clockwork Orange? Extra strength milk, you never know, Matty, just to make you punch that little bit harder, just saying. Brutal mente, brutal mente leche. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
it's probably because you know so many people are, are drinking like almond milk and things like that now, Steve. And and as we know, there there you know there's there's uh, no. Almond. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I don't there, think there, it's that. No, Rob, no, no, there's, 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 no, no there, there's no almond titty. And, and the, so the problem is they're all drinking nut juice. Um, and, and I don't think anybody was that the set up for that joke, buddy. Fucking hell, man. Hold on, I'm talking. There's porn links that you have to deal with in the chat. There. Let me let me continue. Not them again. I can't get rid of them. Best comes. Sorry. It's, 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 uh, but I actually don't think that, that it's happening any more or less often than it usually does. Sometimes just, uh, you know, in the laws of averages, it might just happen a couple of times back to back. And then you don't see anything like that for a while. It's, it just happens. Um, uh, you know, fighters that are good at punching around the gloves. And also, I, th- I don't know if I touched on the, this, but I think uh, that, a lot of the damage that was done to Ugas's face was also done just from Spence punching Ugas's glove and Ugas's own glove hitting his own face. Um, so it's just you know guys with guys that are that uh, you know throw looping punches uh, around that area and uppercuts things of that nature. It, it can happen, and uh, I, we just saw a couple of recent examples as well. I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. Sorry, sorry, Steve, to cut across you. I'd agree with that. I don't think I think fucking injuries have happened since the. Like brutal, brutal men day injuries happen in boxing all the time. Like, what are we talking about? Like, Marciano's nose being split in two and fellas' eyes getting fucked. You know what I mean? As obviously, like, the gloves are a little bit different these days and it is a bit rare, but like, John the Beast Mugabe, like, Leonard had a detached retina, didn't he? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's fellas are punching each other in the face. I don't know if it's a, an endemic within the sport. I think the boys have summed it up pretty much, what, Andy, there. What was the question, mate? Sorry. I was. I... Popped away there briefly. No, I was just saying, <laughs> are there more guys getting like orbital bone broken injuries, or is it just something we're going through at the moment? Um, I don't know, mate. I mean, some people kind of mention maybe the um, the way they've maybe cut weight, maybe has something to do with it. I don't know. Uh, or you see how these faces get kind of sunken in sometimes, it maybe exposes it. I really don't know, mate. But maybe it's just something that's kind of like getting picked up more more and more these days. I mean, remember fucking Margarito's face? Was that an orbital bone? Certainly fucking an eye. You knew I needed anyway there, but um, I think it's just something that's just kind of like becoming more normal, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> to get on that okra, that was... <laughs> get the okra soup. <laughs> I've just seen that there. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's a good doctor in that group by the way steve no you know what i said to ben i was so close to adding in the other day <laughs> could you imagine the carnage <laughs> <laughs> Mate, honestly we had kent as well in there just for the banner i was adding aims and i put in a and then it came up a jo and i was like oh no should i add you one i said no i can't do that to the poor fella <laughs> no mate you get Ricky in there, like he's promised. Oh, he's, he's in there. He's in there, yeah. No swans yet. No, he's been. He's been on his best behaviour. No, that's good. He's, he did. He did promise me he wasn't going to go overboard, but <laughs> you just know. You just never know. What's overboard, overboard for Ricky? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do did we have any more questions, Steve? Uh, no, I think that's all of them, Matty, yeah, unless no. I've missed one. You know, I had an interesting uh, conversation with Gary Reed when we uh, on the uh, the boxing uh, uh, Facebook pages uh, uh, messenger, and uh, he was asking about the because uh, they mentioned in the commentary that this was the biggest gate since uh, Chavez against uh, uh, Greg Haugen. Uh, but uh, then he went back and he made a good point. He went back to uh, Jack Dempsey versus Jeffs Willard, which actually had 3,000 more people in 1919 
Um, it was uh, we had a good discussion there, uh, and he got me the gate, and we did that in inflation. Uh, the gate was about four hundred fifty thousand dollars for uh, that fight, but in today's dollars, that would have only been about seven and a half million bucks. But you also have to consider that they're coming out of a world war at that time. So um, that fight in uh, the last uh, hundred years was the second most attended major championship fight. But if you go back uh, a mere three years later, it would only be uh, considered number three. And uh, talking of brutal endings and that one, Matty Dempsey smashed the shit out of Willard. There was rumours of a bolt be or some kind of nut being found on the canvas afterwards. He was beaten so badly. I, I think that's one of those old old folk tales about just people trying to find a way to figure out how their fighter lost. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, in in days without good photography and and things like that, uh, it was easier to get away with fibs of that nature. I, I just think that uh, Jack Dempsey was a puncher uh, like a few had ever seen before, and some people uh, couldn't figure out how the fuck somebody punched that way. Plus, there was no neutral corner, wasn't it? He was so he was literally getting up off the deck, and Dempsey was mm-hmm. just fucking clocking him again. And second, yeah, got just, his just got up off his knees, man. It was like punches uh, galore. Good job those delirious fan bases don't uh, aren't in boxing today, I suppose, <laughs> to deny a fighter losing uh, everything to above board. Did, anyway, did we talk <laughs> about Fury's corner throwing water on on the fucking? Uh, uh, they threw a point, didn't they? I think. No, it was Big Shane. It was, I'm sure it was Big Shane. It was uh, it was at a time when I think White was either nutting them or yeah, using the forearm. Yeah. And then you could just see Shane like uh, throwing the water. Someday, I think it was when the stewards had run in to try and get involved. And the stewards kind of like, you seen fucking the size of Big Shane. He's like, ah, right, well, okay, just settle down, just calm down. <laughs> if it was like some sort of dwarf, man, we get huckled right out of his oxers. Thought it was Dean White, aka Dean Fury, and Oh, why? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Right, let's move on to the value of the week's episode 471 before we finish up. Uh, Someone said this week on the YouTube comments, it was a new listener, I can't remember his name, apologies for that, but he said he'd been listening to the podcast, he'd listened to the last five episodes back to back, and he thinks we're absolutely hilarious, and he's laughed harder than listening to some comedians, apparently. Well, let's take the the comedy up a level, Rob. (laughs) Tell him he should have heard us before Maddie fucking came back. Well, he thinks he's heard comedy. Wait till the uh, expert impressionist Tony oh, no. or something oh, yes. gets stuck in. Now, here's the comedy for you, my friend, bringing it every week without fail. All looking forward to tomorrow night. So, I don't want to hear Tony anymore. Uh, I want to hear John Fury and what he was thinking at the, the press conference when. Uh, his son and Dillian had the head to head and he saw Dean White across him. What was he thinking? Listen, I'm not scared of no man. The man was coming up, squaring up to my son. What am I going to do? Running away from him? Come on, mate. I'm going to stand there. I'm going to fight as a proper fighting man to the very end. I fear no man. So somebody comes and challenges my own son. I'm going to stand there. I'm strapped in the car park. I'm not bothered. <laughs> well, thanks for that, John. I just want to get uh, Tyson thoughts on that situation as well about his dad nearly getting in a in a scrap with Dean White listen I prevented a ruckus yesterday because at the end of the day they were going to scrap weren't they but it's all professional it's supposed to be a sport it's not supposed to be about grabbing people by the throat and pretending you're going to do something and listen my dad's what he is isn't he we know what my dad's like you know he's a fighting man born through and through fighting dynasty but um, at the end of the day I have to keep it all professional and I think that's the best way to be an ambassador you don't want to be a bum doss shit house like the rest of people getting up there and fighting it's not working. We get paid millions for it, so we may as well keep doing that. Yeah, his Tyson was better now with the fight. Yeah. His Tyson was better, but the dad the da sounded like fucking Zig and Zag. 
<laughs> he sounded like fucking Paul Rubens when he was in the insane asylum in the Cheech and Chong movie where he's, I'm sorry I took the money. I'm sorry I took the money. Sound like, sound like cross between Zed from Police Academy and your, your lead singer from Real to Real. I'd like to move it, move it. <laughs> so what said he said? He's like, Phyllis out of Coronation Street, you know, you woman with the, with the purple hair. <laughs> <laughs> Tim McDonald's losing really the know. right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, do, what do you think, Andy? <laughs> oh, mate. I'm not going to say any more. Go on, Rob. No, I can't. I can't even. <laughs> Because the impersonators annoy me that they get so fucking famous from doing voices that kind of sound like the person. Who's that Irish fella? He's uh, he's everywhere. Him, he's doing the fucking, he's doing other people's impressions for the last five years. That guy, <laughs> he's fucking everywhere. <laughs> oh, you had a rival, Rob, didn't you? That guy who was doing the Katie impressions yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. The best yeah. impression ever on this podcast was the guy who came and done the Kilbrook impression years ago. Oh, Sean Rigby, yeah. Sean oh, Rigby, that was I. good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember him. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, Mr. Impressionist, Mr. Lapidus, I believe you call him. Anyway, let's move on to the. He wasn't hilarious, or was he? Well, that's what he said. It was all right, man. It was all right, you know. All right, it's all right. Oh, Didn't get any thumbs up. Christian Gray, Mama's Boy 69. Is that Steve Gray's water on the top picture? What's he Steve Gray's water, Rob? I don't know what it is. The agua, the agua is flowing there for sure. Steve, I think <laughs> something's flowing anyway. I tell you what, he was definitely covered up with the kinds of style in the mobile phone last night. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell! Seventy-three. I wasn't seventy-three. He obviously says to the what says to the wife. Lost ten. He's five minutes. Eh? I, say, I just need to go and get a bit of substance, and I'll burn it. I'll burn it. I'll burn it in a minute. All right, don't you worry about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. the, only reason, the only reason you're into that at that age is so that you can tie him up long enough for your boner pill to start working. <laughs> Hang on, I that's only about, I would say that water jug's about half full, but it's kind of a funny angle there because obviously it's not a bad Clearly, 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 yes, Val picked up the wrong end of the stick here. Barry Hearn is just doing research videos on uh, the British Boxing Board of Control's method of scoring. That's a fucking guy who's pouring a, a jug of water into another jug of water and see <laughs> what way it lies after the Harvards. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> uh, I am Big Damo Suzuki. Robert Smith anyway. in the video behind him. Look at you. <laughs> Ian John there is trying to wave it off. No, it, but, you know, look Back at license. those... Looking at those videos there, though, I mean, Rob, isn't that kind of like your life, except Ed Sheeran is in the background? No, it's definitely like my life, man. I'm a doggy. Doggy all day. That's my fucking shit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Better save Barry and blushes and move on. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm actually seeing that Christian guy once. I'm reading that as goose morning rather than good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> you thought it was bad. Wait until he starts tweeting again after that beating. <laughs> Albert Listen, just breathing a huge sigh of relief. How the hell has he been hacked? He's no way he's been hacked. 
There's no Who's gonna hack your Twitter and just start liking porn? Exactly, like, that's not really fucking... It's a verified Twitter account. You can't just get a verified Twitter account. The shit you got to go through to get, get signed into a verified Twitter account is fucking unbelievable. So you got to, like digi scans and fucking fingerprints, retinal scans, fucking anus scans, seven year anal scans. Oh, hold on, I have a fucking, I have a verified Twitter account. I didn't have to do any of this. Just fucking walk up one morning was there. Yeah, but you're the, you're not seventy three year old pervert. Sort of Forty three year old pervert. Anyway, uh, this is just am... very odd for Scotsmen who are used to like pumping for two minutes and then passing out drunk. They're like, "What's that? Fuck, what's all this about?" Mate, I didn't even get that far with gas. So I just went straight to bed. He's been listening to the post-fight pods again. <laughs> I am Big Damo Suzuki. We'll get his shout out for a fiver. Great podcast, lads. Thank you very much. You might not be on for much longer after this one. Yes, Big Damo. Yes, Damo. Eddie Hearn, Dillian White needs us for the leverage, says Eddie. Before going on to say, Tyson Fury, in my opinion, doesn't carry the power to take Dillian White out. I believe actually when they trade up left hooks, Tyson Fury will go to sleep and he will go to sleep in round 11. Well, you I'll tell you what, right? Evening, Ed. You know when Ed says, I believe that he's telling he's absolutely talking through his absolute fucking all, lying through his fucking teeth, evening, Ed. I believe Coogs. He wants maybe you won't see Coogs around for that much longer, so you might not. Who's going to pay his water bill, Rob? That's why I need immediately these questions. Who's going to pay Coogan's fucking water bill? The poor fella, fucking. I remember there was a guy as well who couldn't, who was struggling to talk to females. That was another ad on the, the good old days of YFL, wasn't it? <laughs> you should just get on to fucking Barry Harden's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> not, much, not much talking going on. Uh, shout out to Luke. I think this is uh, Sam Carp from back in the day. He says, Time for Isaac to retire. Should spend time with his family and look forward to getting battered by his toddler at Scrabble. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just leave him alone. <laughs> Good old Isaac. Uh, a lot of people calling for the statement. I'm not going to read it out, but. It, uh, Arthur Day and Brian King is nominating for it. I couldn't even get through that. Poor old Isaac. He had a bad cut, though, by the looks of it. Ended up losing to Mr. Ball. He will come again. Maybe. Maybe not. Errol Spence tweeted out, RIP Big Brendan Tingle. I remember <laughs> in bodyguard in me and my family went uh, to Sheffield, England to fight Kel Buck. Gary Kavanagh uh, nominated him for Bellew of the Week, thinking he got confused with Brendan Ingle, but apparently it was indeed. Security guard Brendan Tingle, who worked at Josephine's nightclub, is dead. So Gary has nominated himself Gary. for Bellew of the Week. Errol is called the truth for a reason, as somebody pointed out, Andy. Yeah, that's true, mate. Can I beat the truth? It will set you free. Can't beat the truth. Tingle all the way. <laughs> Maybe not now. Barry L, Hands of Stone. A nomination for Big John Fury's closing clothing range. That's right. The discount code is use PEDs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might want to pass that advice down the chain based on fucking last night's evidence. There's not enough fucking PEDs. Get them going. Give them to Tommy, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Big John Fury. Oh, that, that's, that's cracker, isn't it, that from John? Use PEDs as the code, man. Oh, dear. Although he did get um, <laughs> he did get the pants pulled down by Dillian. Let's celebrate that now. You know, look, John, John's here. Look, this is quite a unique position oh. here. This is Big John Fury. Oh, I thought it was Steve Bunce. <laughs> John, anything oh, you want to ask him? Steve Bunce. Hey, in case something, he took it like a bitch. <laughs> 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 he just sits there with a kind of like, yeah, okay, you got me there. 
<laughs> he's not going to say or do nothing. It's not IFL he's getting interviewed by. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, old youth PADs. All right, this, this guy. You see this fella? I've, I've seen people over the years, Andy, going on about this Rick Glazer. I've finally seen what the they podcast, mean. By the way. He is one of the biggest knobheads on Twitter, and that, that is going some. I mean, what, what does the guy actually do? He's always linking up with people and making deals and agreements, and, oh, I've joined up with so-and-so. Does, does he make fights? Does he match fighters? He what does match, he actually do? I'm sure he was a matchmaker, mate, to be honest with you. I, I think he worked with top rank. Um, I need to go back and listen to when he came on the pod, but... Uh, was I he he, Ah, he was on the pod, you, definitely. No, is yeah. that not Ron Cat? That was Ron Cat, wasn't it? No, I'm Rick Glazer, I'm sure it was. Alright. Did we know Rick someone tell me I'm not the fucking Definitely had one cats on. Didn't he didn't he um like fucking start talking about MTK and Pro Bellum and then all of a sudden end up out in Dubai? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's come in late though. He's come in late to the fucking gravy train. He's come in like months before he gets shut down. He came into the gravy train just as I was thinking, how are we gonna get on this fucking gravy train? And now the gravy train's after ending. And I have to fucking act all like I'm all fucking on the other side. Do you know what I mean? I was ready to fucking join the great bunch of lads and now it's all fucking grinded to a halt. What a joke. Hopefully he ends up under the gravy train. I've had enough of him. I'd love to know what he does in boxing. He's an absolute clown. Someone would be able to answer that question. I tell you, we've got a few, we've got a few uh, grasses kicking about Steve. We can maybe just put the word that... <laughs> £50 to get Rick Glazer on the pod. Absolutely. No <laughs> 50 quid make it 50 grand then we'll oh, get, get 200 likes I'd say he probably he probably take it now things are going to be yeah. <laughs> uh, he I might be able to take the 50 goes. pound but he won't be able to spend it anywhere put it that way. <laughs> 50 combat coins for Rick anyway uh, Gavin Stevens <laughs> has nominated John Fury talking about Tommy Fury this kid can go all the way and I believe in him he's sharp he's strong I also see see shades of Golovkin in there as a younger man. The fucking banner right there, by the way. Stop, mind. Seriously. <laughs> tell you what as well, right? Who's your one your one Molly May, like your one the the girl, the missus. They interviewed her and she was they were like, How do you deal with this? And she's like, Well, I just look at the screen because it's too troubling to look uh, in the ring, it just makes it all the more. He's fighting a fella out of fucking KFC. He's getting nine fifty an hour. He's just after fucking taking off his uniform to come to the ring. He's fighting a fucking all. Je- Molly May would have beat the fucking opponent he was fighting last night. Give me a fucking break with his looks at the screen. <laughs> oh, John, here he is, the main man, the Gad. Uh, can't remember who nominated this one now, but Gad, uh, what forty pounds did for my mind and body? Losing forty pounds, facing mortality was a chastening experience for me. As well Rising as the like catalyst to lose weight. He had a heart attack, apparently did Gad. Feel a bit sorry nominating him here, but he looked in fine that, form. That was on that fucking call with Eddie Bridges. He had the heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Lewis went down the other week the other day as well. He just shows you the cunt on 11 healthy. Right. Probably too many Greggs and fucking <laughs> Starbucks and shit, you know. Uh, Rocky Fielding, uh, putting the world on notice. He says, we can't wait around for Canelo. Rocky Fielding wants Caleb Plant next. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Is he fucking Come on. Canelo pissing about fighting people. Come on. <laughs> fuck you, man. Long live Rocky from Stark. You fuck. You could, you could stick that up your asshole sideways, by the way. He's done a wind up there, is he? We saw the first one, man. We don't need to see it again. Like... <laughs> Former world champion, Rocky Fielding. Is he fake WBA belt, mate? Get it straight. Former world champion. Are you a former world champion, Andy? What? 
anything. Box? No. <laughs> the way Mauricio was ring licking around there last night, Andy, I'd say <laughs> get in line for a shot. Oh mate, <laughs> mate, I tell you, though, he was sniffing assholes so much he could have fallen there, cocking balls deep. Man, I'm telling you, he was everywhere. If I tell you, what, it was coming. Dillian White even had him on toast at fucking on the fucking grey pitch that he was going absolutely mental at him which we'll probably maybe bring up or see if we can get you to upload who's that Mike Tibbs yes they were in the chat yeah that one Andy um, so I couldn't get it up so to speak oh, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't um, like go Barry Hearn basically yeah <laughs> a few more likes there um, we go there you are yeah, could, it wouldn't it wouldn't cut for some reason unfortunately so it's about two minutes that. long that's a long thing no, couldn't couldn't get that one going. Uh, let's see where are we on the next one. Uh, here he is, David Hay, Matty. Looking nice in those glasses. Looks like he's about to do a bit of welding or something. <laughs> I actually kind of looks like he's getting ready to uh, tell us about uh, the the great word of Jesus and how if you send him fifty dollars, all of your prayers will come true. His face looks like he's just he's, he's starting to get that hat off the fucking quaaludes or something, you know. Looks like he went into fucking the dad's wardrobe before I <laughs> few people asking about the gad the tattoo there. It looks a bit Illuminati, doesn't it? That from the it gad. Does, uh, actually, eh? Illuminati. It's about the tattoo. <laughs> yeah. It's about the tattoos. Uh, Brian King has nominated uh, William Story talking about the betting market going on here. What about this one then? Tyson Fury's training top. I uh, wonder who they got to do the, the spelling on the embroidery there. Fury versus White training camp. <laughs> training camp. Training camp. Uh, ghost morning, everybody. I think we know who, who's responsible for that. I'm just like me. They've got gypsy spell right there. Right, right. some, some lads are looking for new lines of work. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, go down to the printer. There must be snortlings that they would fucking be spelling that shit up, man. Fucking hell. Oh dear. Uh, here we are, BNB Boxing. Uh, Connor Ben versus Jerome Boots. Who you got? And then he called it the Welterweight Massacre. <laughs> He's probably right there, under. Oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is. Um, Sick bastard. Uh, it is, mate. He's, he, he should be banned off Twitter for that, actually, for inciting fucking hatred and <laughs> yeah. promoting murder. Like when we got in trouble for that bar fight. Uh, exactly, yeah. That's, that's exactly He's going to orbit with Ricky Gravel when Elon Musk gets a hold of him. <laughs> That's just outrageous, man. Conor Ben versus Jerome Boots Ennis is just sick. Fucking even Stanley Owens against fucking Conor Ben at this point is sick as fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Jo- White Corte would fuck him up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh Ford's right. Adonis had uh, his name spelled Adoins on the tracksuit back in the day. I was trying to find the photo, but I couldn't quite uh, find it. But yes, uh, another spelling mishap. No spelling mishaps going on here from Luke Simmons. Thanks for letting me hold the belt, Ebony Bridges. You are my Muhammad Ali. My dad will be jealous. I met a current world champion. Enjoy oh, Spain. my <laughs> fucking God. What a danger, man. The thirst continues, man. It's like the Gobi Desert. You are my Muhammad Ali. Come on. Come on, Okay. My hands, my face, my hands here. <laughs> Daniel Armstrong nominating that one. Uh, uh, we haven't heard from Dillian White in a while. This one's been nominated. Uh, Mark Tibbs put it up on his Twitter. Hey, Alistair, Mark, tell me your balls are finally dropped. Are you in the mix of the big boys? So come on up on Tuesday. I'm waiting for you. It's the champ.
<laughs> oh. <laughs> this is fucking outrageous. <laughs> I I'm going to hurt somebody when I find out who she... is raping that dog. <laughs> she, 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 I've seen him do that in the changing room last night. That's where he gassed out there, man. That's where the fucking gas went. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> There's Chukwu. Chukwu's been um, accused okay. by Ebony Bridges of making inappropriate comments, apparently. What's this, Jason? Tell us more. This sounds interesting. Not shocked. We could put we could put you and your hard drive up for Belly of the Week at this rate. Anyway, yeah, on to the next one. Prince Patel is back on the scene. A free agent, surprisingly, he tweets out, buried in gold. <laughs> Paul Dugan has nominated him. Look at all those belts, man. Some absolute crackers there, aren't they? Oh, mate. How many belts is like a Fury one, for example, or Ali, Duran, Leonard? No many. No. That, that's the boxing equivalent of taking a picture of yourself covered in dollar bills. I think they actually had to pay for those belts, too. But probably cost him a couple dollars. Mighted on. And Michelle Joy Phelps, uh, call me crazy, but I genuinely want to start a podcast about UFOs and ghost encounters. For number one, I grew up in a haunted house. And for number two, I UFO hunt legitimately time to time, camping outside of Area 51. Like I said there, Andy, there's a few people turned into ghosts the last few days. <laughs> Need a Ouija board to find them. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of them, too. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, wait, so just team up with fucking Joe Rogan. He's all mad about the fucking ghosts and UFOs and whatever whatever you want to call them. But aye, Michelle Hor Phelps, aye. Michelle Probe Phelps. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wouldn't mind a good probe enough there, Matty, no? Why not? I mean, well. goal, mate, yeah. uh, Brian King has nominated this one from Nigel Ace, a friend of the pod, Dev Sarney. I know he listens in, but, you know, hashtag anyone can get it. I must say, Dev Sarney is the best pundit in the game. Knowledgeable, respectful. Excellent, poignant questions. Great poise. He's growing, I feel, into the new Harry Carpenter. Great watch. <laughs> Brian King's nominated Nigel for that one. Harry Carpenter. I think Dev was a bit embarrassed himself. <laughs> Someone's showing her, get in there, Frank. Someone's showing her age there. <laughs> Fucking hell. I, I did love Bunch in the state of panic last night when Frank kind of like mugged them off with his question. Yeah. Like, he was panicking like, fuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what did you think of the fight, Frank? Oh, he's over there. <laughs> I was, I was kind of getting the impression that Frank's like, fuck this shit, I'm retiring, you know. Not a fucking grass, mate. <laughs> Probably that's what it was. I ain't a fucking grass. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, Chuckwoo's followed he, up here, Andy. He says, cur- Wellings, uh, follow the comments section. It's got nothing to do with Ebony Bridges. I would follow the comments section, Jason, only I'm trying to host a podcast here, so in your own time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get a life. Get a fucking life, mate. Uh, yeah, Andy, Welcome one back. from you, the hidden yeah. villain. Um, not for one second suggesting that Ben beats Spence over a 12-round contest, but if Ben buzzed Spence like you guys did, then ben, ben is currently the unified champion of the world. Uh, no, he's not. He's not. Did anybody see how Spence responded to getting buzzed? Enough said. Young Ben. Come on. Come on, boy. Sort it out. Uh, your friend, Andy, and our friend, everybody's friend, really, who might be fighting Connor Ben soon. It's the one and only. <laughs> Not only did I know that last week's podcast, I actually mentioned um, our man AB getting getting messages to go go on the drink sometime in Dallas. I was at the at the Spence fight last week. Well, lo and behold, he was on the fucking gas. Look at the stage. Oh, that's right. He's carried out on his legs are shaky at him. 
Fucking shaky. Look like the Madonna fight, Andy. <laughs> Fuck me, man. He almost had to get glued to the wall like Spider-Man stand up straight. Oh my gosh, IB doesn't look in great shape there. Here, Rob. Sad seeing him. It's sad seeing him though, isn't it? Like, the, like no. you can see he was with he was in some female company and they see Broner coming on there, like they see him coming like through big glass windows and like, yeah, come here, Broner. Come on, let me get some of that baby. <laughs> Rob, I was gonna say your mate uh, the baby was out throwing hands again oh, during I the week. See no. The baby's not with the the baby is with the smoke at all times. That has to be that has to be respected. In a, in a way, weight classes. He, he doesn't. He doesn't have regard for weight classes. Surfaces underneath them, bowling alleys. You know, fucking behind the curtain for the Wizard of Oz supermarkets, <laughs> shopping malls. The Your baby's throwing hands anywhere. Well, yeah. He threw back. Was he a bit. I don't know. The guy. The guy wasn't taking it. There was. He threw a couple back. Ah, he did. He did. He had a good. He had a good chain. The guy. <laughs> He's able to take a shot. Fuck's sake. Uh, right, let's see what else we've got here. Just a couple more to go. Uh, Scott Garcia says Eddie Hearn slating Anthony Yard for skipping domestic level and defending a European belt, but then he's skipping domestic with Ben because apparently he's a global star, says Eddie. Eddie and bullshit shocker there. Who would have seen it coming? What about this then, Rob? Global Titans fight series, the showcase in the skies of Dubai. Uh, Floyd against Dangerous Don Moore. Exclusive NFT tickets at Rareable, the world's first NFT pay-per-view event. Well, I tell you, all the money must be going into the NFT and having on artwork for the flyer already. Yet again, another boxing fucking Photoshop disaster. Look at the fucking state of that, man. <laughs> Showcase well, guys, Dubai. I wouldn't I believe that was in Dubai if uh, if I didn't know that it was Floyd Mayweather. Absolutely fucking no chance. Look at the How state. The I thought Dubai had money. Where the fuck are they getting that Microsoft Paint job? How the fuck is Floyd, right, who who went bald in his 30s, all of a sudden started growing hair in his mid-40s? Do you do a corner bend, but, you know, getting injected in his head instead? It's kind of turkey. It's kind of turkey. Oh, Sam Jones. This oh, event Steve. Was what? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, don't worry, don't oh! worry, it's coming. Just, before, just beforehand, this event will be held on the helipad of the Burj Al Arab, and it's got Delphine Passoon on the undercard. How, much, me, how more you random me? could you get? I would hope there's a big, massive sandstorm that just wipes out the whole fucking <laughs> area, man. They've got to run downstairs. Can you imagine the fucking carriage? Go to the Middle East! Oh. <laughs> Do you know what's even more more bizarre? If you look at the fight, if you look at the poster, you think Delphine Passoon is uh, fighting fucking bad. Jack, so that's going to be a draw, isn't it? <laughs> draw written all over it. Uh, Rob, I would not be surprised to see that in one of Floyd's other cards, man. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No. Uh, Freak Show Central. Right, so that's all I've got apart from one remaining video. I'll tell you what, propaganda is going off the scales these days, but fair play, this man isn't afraid to put his money where his mouth is. Du, meine Arbeit für Richtigkeits, ob du glaubst, dass ich fleißig gewesen bin, dass ich gearbeitet habe, dass ich nicht in diesen Jahren... <laughs> oh, mate. It was bang on about the show. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Ah, oh, they'll try and sell you anything these days. <laughs> anyway, that's all the ones that I've got, Andy. Any nominations from you? Episode 471. Yeah, the uh, Mauricio Suleiman getting mugged off uh, for Dylan White on the on the Wembley Field. Um, just basically kind of slagging them off, talking about you know how he had to wait for his shot. So it's just basically kind of like still raging. They had to wait this long. Uh, Eddie Hearn again for the Tyson Fury comments. Barry Hearn obviously for the 
for the indiscretion, shall we say. Um, somebody sent a picture out last night. You see, you see Fury walking out with that attire, right? So he's, he's, he's got the white robe with a red kind of like piping on it, and he's got the fucking he's got he's got the hood up, and the hood's like shaped in the fucking shape of a cone. So all he needed was a fucking white face mask and it was a KKK like without fucking. <laughs> Fred Hawthorne saw that pit screenshot, man. Just... Raging. <laughs> Himself into the fucking metaverse, didn't he? As soon as he saw it, like, he's like, I told y'all. I am says the only thing more random would be Judy Dench posting about Don Moore being robbed of an exhibition victory <laughs> over my, but that's one of the auto great ones, anyone? Helen Mirren yeah. posting about Joshua Frank. Oh, I well, put the name of, of all the fights or all the fighters you want to mention, Joshua Franco. Holy shit, man. Uh, the final one, Judy Steve. Dench, better skeleton missing us. <laughs> She's fucking close to it. The final one for me, Steve, wait, for the Charlo brothers getting getting dug out by David Benavides, of all people, of all people, right, who allege that the Charlos are always showing up at events and boxing shows at ringside drunk and insist that Jermall needs Hennessy and him to grow balls to talk to him, right? So this is quite interesting that the Charlos are fucking sitting gassed at ringside last week and fucking one of them's fighting in three weeks' time. So uh, be the judge of that one. And I've got actually yeah. got the video here, actually, but it's actually quite interesting. They're just... I, I, I don't know who's who, but the, they're breathing through the mouth. They're fucking mouthing off, as you usually do. Just sounding gassed. So, aye, well, interesting times. Wasn't Caleb Pla- wasn't, didn't Caleb Plant say something about um, the Benavides, his David and Jose, who are, you know... Rapscallions, by the sound of it, landed up on his gym, tried to fight Plant and his trainer or something. There was some story there's, he was doing the range. Ah, there's, there's, there's something to do That's with these guys. Turn up. Exactly, like Porky. Turn exactly. up. Exactly. So I, uh, the Charles mm. as well, mate, I'll put the Charles up for being gassed again. But it's interesting that maybe be been on, or one of them's been on the gas now, fucking three weeks before he fights Castagno in the rematch, you know. But getting dug out by David Benavides of all people. I know exactly. You know, exactly, you know. So fuck you know, your life's heading in the wrong turn when Benavides is lecturing you on your lifestyle habits. <laughs> exactly. So, fuck them. No, sorry. Go ahead, man. You're all right. Uh, any more from you, Andy? Not for me, mate. Nothing more from Andy. Nothing from Ozzy. Anything more from you, Matty? Yeah, I got I got a few. First, uh, Tony Bacon uh, said on the Facebook page, uh, "White within three rounds. If I'm wrong, I will nominate myself for Value of the Week and smack myself around the face so you don't have to." Well, there you go, Tony. Hope you smacked yourself. Um, so I'd super like... chat needed next week from Tony Matter. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he, he owes something. Um, I'm gonna give one to Tim Bradley, whose commentary is usually dead on, but whose geometry is not. Uh, he was made a comment about Dillian White's uh, legs being at a 180 degree angle. Uh, we could talk about that, but uh, he said he needs to move them to uh, his knees need to be bent at a 90 degree angle to be effective. And I, I don't know what sitting down on a chair is going to do for him. Well, it's better than lying flat on your fucking back. I suppose it's, it's <laughs> yeah, better, better than like your Dillian whole White. body being at you 90 full degrees. Like uh, Dillian White. Yeah, and I'd also like to nominate one. Apparently. Uh, Derek Chisora and uh, and Joseph Parker had a bet, and uh, Joseph Parker bet his or uh, Derek Chisora bet his house 
that uh, Dillian White would beat uh, Tyson Fury, and he lost. So apparently now uh, Jer- Derek Chisora is going to be homeless because his house <laughs> is going to be property of Joseph Parker. I tried to get in last night. There was a heap of lads doing the hacker on the fucking on the grass. He was cracking up. <laughs> One day he's just gonna walk in. There's gonna be a bunch of fucking kiwis on his porch. <laughs> that all your uh, that all yours, Matty. Yep, yep. That's the best I can muster. Um, nomination for Billy Joe Saunders as well for hanging around with Tommy Robinson. Any from you, Rob? <laughs> He associates with such great people, Billy Joe. Don't he? Fucking... Is that an upgrade, a downgrade, a sidestep? I don't know. <laughs> I fucking don't know. I'd say it's a huge downgrade, and that's saying something, isn't it? Um, what was it? What would I say? What was I going to say? I had a few. I have to uh, nominate Sky Sports for tackling Tyson Fury on the tough issues that everybody wants to fucking wants answers about. They want to know about your relationship with Daniel Kinahan. They don't want to know about Matthew Macklin's relationship with Daniel Kinahan. Matthew Macklin, who was sitting in the fucking house that was fucking uh, taken by the Criminal Assets Bureau in Dublin when uh, that belonged to Daniel Kinahan. They don't want to ask Matthew Macklin any of those questions about Daniel Kinahan. But when Tyson Fury's fighting on BT Sport, they're all about fucking getting those answers. <laughs> um, I think you might want to just call into the office one day. One of the lads just knock in there. See his Macklin around my room. They could literally, him. Rob, swivel the chair to one side at fights and ask Matthew his opinion. Yeah. Or ask Bean or any of these guys, you know what I mean? Or fucking Sky, who will put on more fucking MTK cards than any other fucking network <laughs> in the history of fucking boxing, have the nerve to fucking take Tyson Fury to task about Daniel Kinahan while Matthew Macklin is the fucking co-presenter of the fucking boxing absolutely you couldn't make it up absolute fucking hilarious that was um anyway has, have we missed the one with tyson or i was talking to me a little one there so have we missed that one or no which one's uh that fucking oh, moron on the plane who oh, thought it was a no, good go idea ahead, to... done that yet. oh i'm pretty yeah, missed that how the fuck the guy who thought it was a good idea to antagonize Mike Tyson. Uh, not a prime Mike Tyson, though. Obviously, he fancied his chances because if it was prime Mike Tyson, he wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. But fancied his chances with this version of Mike Tyson and ended up getting... Um, Slapped to know, shit, basically. Yeah, well, finding out that Mike's style is ferocious and his defense is impregnable and the best ever. <laughs> no one could defeat me. I'm Jack Dempsey. I'm Sonny Liston. All praise... What's Rob Brayton? He's brave there. Cut down in the middle. He ain't no Tony Lapidus. Dude, what was funny about that too was Tyson was Tyson was just like touching him with these like short little shots. He wasn't even like turning into it. Like he was just like pop, 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 pop. That guy could have outlasted him though, Matty, if it was like Kevin McBride era Tyson. If he just if he just hanged to Hong Tyson. I mean, why did you wouldn't even do that to like regular Joe Average, would you? But you got to do it to Mike Tyson. It was like the, it was like the end of the first Bruno fight. To be honest with you, just fucking Tyson slightly past his prime, but still landing many com- brutal combinations. Brutal or mental, brutal mental, yeah. Um, so there was that. There was the guy from Sky. There was a few. I'm sure there was myself for fucking missing the fight. Um, yeah, it's a good week. Good week for the belly be- of the week. William White for missing the fight. <laughs> <laughs> he was up at eight. In fairness to him, last night I thought he got up at eight. So, going on. Might miss his next birthday. Uh, <laughs> right, everybody's fury. Uh, fury as well for congratulating the referee for stopping the fight. What was he going to do? <laughs> what was he going to do? He wasn't going to let him carry on. Was he nearly fell out of the fucking ring? For fuck's sake. <laughs> 
Uh, some crackers this week. Right, let's go through them quickly then uh, before we pick our winners. We've got Barry getting down and dirty. We've got Eddie as well, also making a fool of himself in a different manner. Uh, Isaac Lowe getting a nomination. Uh, Gary Kavanagh. <laughs> John Fury for the use PEDs code. Uh, we've got Rick Glazer for just being Rick Glazer. We've got John Fury for comparing Tommy to Triple G. We've got the guard. We've got Rocky Fielding telling Canelo to hold on. We've got David Hay. Uh, Fury again for the training top. We've got this fella for the welterweight massacre. Ebbs and her fans. We've got Prince Patel. Michelle Joy Phelps. Nigel Ace. Hidden villain. Uh, Scott nominating Eddie again. Bit of Floyd action and all the others for Mark Tibbs, for uh, Dillian White, for Sam Goebbels himself and for AB. Quite the lineup this week, uh, Andy. Who are you going for? <laughs> yeah, I'm going for Barry Hearn, mate. I'm going for Barry Hearn. <laughs> it, fucking, it was a bit of banter, but you know, he took it personally. You know, Like Michael Jordan, so all the best, Barry. <laughs> Maybe old pervert. That's the one for Barry. Uh, Matty, who are you going for? I think it's got to go to Barry. Just call me Daddy Hearn. <laughs> Two for Barry. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted. I think I'll go for John Fury myself. Uh, what about you, Rob? Fight them, man. I like a bit. I like a bit of John Fury this week for just this whole carry on. Like Adelia White said to him, "Why don't you go fight Mickey Fio? Mickey Fio is looking for him." Thought that was good. Um, oh. <laughs> Did he say that right enough, Rob? Yeah, yeah, no, he said that. He was like, he's an old man, man. He's 400 years old. Why don't he go fight Mickey Fio? Oh, Don't fair play to him, didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he said that. Yeah, he said he can fight his dad as well if he wants to. He can have a bare knuckle with Dillian White's dad and his dad to beat him. So that was pretty good. I, I, like I said, I like White. I think he's a good, uh, good, a good guy, apart from I don't really rate him as a fighter, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I don't really know. That, that translates to you, you fucking hate him, by the way. And, and <laughs> no, 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 I don't want that's what I'm trying to say. I don't want that to be confused. There's like, there's no hate on my part for Dillian White. I just didn't think he was good enough to beat Tyson Fury. That's uh, where that it kind of begins. You're a hater, mate. You're a hater. You're a fucking um, hater, mate. And the, the Sky one for me, I can't get past that. The, the absolute audacity of that guy to try and take Tyson Fury to task over relationships with Daniel Kidahan when the fella who founded. MTK with Daniel Kinahan works for fucking Sky and has never been asked a question about Daniel Kinahan by any Sky member or let alone any other fucking member of the media. So um, my nomination goes to that reporter, you know, doing the ballsy move uh, for Tyson Fury, asking him questions that he fucking knew well he wasn't going to get an answer for. So, uh, yeah, that one's my nomination. Well said, Rob. One for the reporter, one for John Fury, but the winner this week is Barry Hearn himself. Congratulations, Buzzer. You are the belly of the week for episode Chukwu, Chukwu. Chukwu. Look at Chukwu. Macklin's with Sky. He ain't never going to get asked. That's the fucking point, Chukwu. That's the fucking joke, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> fucking hell. Hey, Chukwu. Chukwu, I'm just curious if your parents had any children who lived. Matty, you can't say that to poor Chukwu, man. He's part of the furniture. <laughs> I love the guy, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good though, Steve. This be bent. <laughs> Basil, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> now then, now then. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get out of here quickly while we still can. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listened in. We've had a great time in the chat as always. Uh, hit the thumbs up if you want to, or if not, you don't have to, as we found out. Anyway, thanks to the Super Chatters. Uh, Beat Bot Boop threw in two Super Chats tonight. Ricky Gaville as well, Magic Mike, Michael McElway, Davey Man 100, Chilo 35, Steve Anderson, Joe Burns, Chris Burns, 
and I am Big Damo Suzuki. Shout out to our new Patreon subscribers, Jamie and Michael Thompson, who joined us this week on patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. If you want to join the Nutters group, get into the Patreon and you can be part of Joe Kennedy's uh, league prediction league, which I will call out next week. See who's top, see who's bottom, see who the winners and the losers are. We've had a great time and he's been here. So is Matty, so is Rapping Rob Kelly. I've been Steve Wellings. We'll catch you all again for episode 472. Same time, same place next week. And bye. We'll never forget. Yeah, I think We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Run for fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has, has failed has failed a test. Seven year old. Seven year old. I will fucking smash fucking you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. Simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.